Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. I'm Dave. I'm here in the swamp. I'm talking to the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Uh, pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. Coming how through loud you? and clear. I'm good, man. Um, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's been supplying questions for our guests. Uh, Chuck Dixon's interview has been pushed a week um, due to work commitments um, on, on both ends. Uh, I've got a whole stack of questions. But if you want to um, you know, have a question for Chuck... Uh, literally, it'll be when this show comes up. There will still be a couple of a couple of days after that, um, and I highly recommend you if you've got a question, message me. And I've got a new thing now. Um, if you're a Patreon of the show, you'll be allowed to have multiple questions to um, the creators we have up. Um, so yeah, so look, I encourage people to join the Patreon feed as well. Uh, Rich and I are going to do some more content on the Cinema of Doom stuff. Same with me and Dion. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to mention that. But I do want to thank uh, the guys like Chuck Dixon who are making time to talk to us because um, it is awesome. And we do have some killer questions lined up, and I know everyone's very excited about that. So I want to put that out on Front Street. First off, Rich, uh, Rich, how have you been? What's been going on in your world, man? Uh, not much. Not much. Not much. Um, wow. You know, well, I mean, uh, had my one-year anniversary last week. Congratulations, um, congratulations. She time has flown. Yeah, usually does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, man, that's true. Uh, usually does. Um, uh, yeah, so that was that. And then we, we, we did go for one day to the Oz Comic Con. Um, and I want you to do... Sydney. Let's go right into your... Okay, so you're happily married. That's good. You, you survived the <clears> first year. Um... Give us Oz Comic Con. What happened, Rich? What was it like? Tell us. Honestly, I mean, uh, look, I'm actually quite surprised. I'm pretty happy. I actually That's picked good. up. Uh, there was a couple of comic uh, vendors shops there. There was two from Canberra. There was one that doesn't actually have a shop. They just kind of do Facebook. Um, and then there was like you know your King's Comics and all that sort of shit. But I was very disappointed because the big one in Canberra and the the King's Comics, it's all current shit, man. So when you go yeah. through their, their, their boxes, it's all fucking like New 52 onwards and right, right. the new crap and all that. And um, But I did actually, one of them had tons of old stuff and I got them for like $2 or, you know, 4 for 10 and all that sort of shit or 5 That's for good. 10 and, and stuff. And, uh, uh, and there was one. And so I actually picked up a few Green Lanterns that I didn't actually have. From what, I was from what era, man? From what era? Uh, uh, from uh, from the um, uh, eighty. So after the, uh, I got a couple of before um, crisis, and then most wow. of the ones that I that. So I'll be honest with you. My main collection of Green Lantern is from after crisis. Right. So that's when they did like Emerald Dawn, Emerald yes. Dawn Two. Yes. That kind of went into that. And where how had the gray so, hair? I mean, where he had the gray hair on the sides. Yeah. The, the temples and all that sort of stuff. I do own some pre that sort of stuff when it was the Green Lantern Corn all that, so I did get a couple of those. But there's so many of those that obviously I'm missing a lot more of that, sadly. Sure. Uh, you know, not, not being an American collector and also not willing to pay like fucking, you know, 
thirty dollars for one issue. <laughs> I, I've got a que- I've got a question, and I mean, I understand that Hal Jordan has been around since the sixties and stuff. Did he always have a comic? Was it always like uh, since then? Like I know he teamed I mean, up with Green Arrow and stuff, so- but like you know. No, I mean, yeah, since Silver Age, right? Um, they did. I mean, they, obviously, they did. Um, they did bring in sort of like Guy Gardner and John Stewart and and yeah. stuff. But I mean, he was. I mean, and other than John Stewart, kind of stepping in, yes, um, uh, for the like the crisis, which really bugs me. It really pisses me off that John Stewart was the Green Lantern for the. Yeah, well, the he was in the Justice League Hellman. as well. So I actually meant there was a Green Lantern comic, but. I remember. But I mean, there's always been a comic. It's just, okay, right. the, the, it just hasn't, it's been 90% Hal Jordan. Right, right, right. Up until they replaced him, but there just were moments of, um, um, of it not being him, like the guy. Is or, or... Hal Jordan the Green Lantern again in the main book now? Like now, now? Or no? <sighs> Supposedly, yes. And also, they've, they've, I don't miss, like, you know, sometimes you make a, 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 a you make an adjustment to a costume sometimes, and it makes it perfect. Yeah. Um, and I was never a fan of his um, the 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 uh, his original costume. Right. Right. I never liked that the the shoulders were black. Right. You know, because it kind of made it look like a singlet. I'm look, I'm, 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 I'm bringing it up now because I'm not familiar. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of that, and so when you sort of got to later, like in the eighties and stuff and all that, and they started giving him the green that went onto his shoulders. Um, right, uh, sort of uh, stuff. I still always. Uh, and by the way, when Johns took over and got rid of the uh, the green undies, yeah, I was even more. Then I thought, you know what? It's perfect. I was yeah. like, right now, yeah. this this costume is literally just it's perfect. Right. And now they've gone and got rid of the the shoulder parts. So now it's now they've got it like the original costume from the from the sixties, which I'm not a big I, fan I've of never that, noticed. But... Uh, like I'm looking at the pictures now, I, I must admit I'm I'm just hopeless. I've never noticed. Like in some of them, the green cuts off sort of at the top of the like a really short t-shirt, and other yeah. ones it's all green down the arms. Well, and, it's, yeah, up until kind of like the shoulder meets the arm kind of thing. And all in so. some of them, it's more like you're saying like a singlet. Like yeah, it's, so it's, I, yeah. I was kind of happy that they fixed it, but now they're yeah. kind of going back to that. So I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I look, the comic just started, and then it got interfered with with that fucking nightmare crap and all that. So oh. I honestly don't know how good it is. But I will say this: apparently, there's a new Earth Green Lantern called Varun, oh. and he shows up in the uh, Green Lantern War Journal, which is supposed to be um, um, John Stewart's book, right? Um, which looks pretty fucking lame. But anyway. Yeah, what are you going to do, you know? I was just wondering, so does John Stewart have his own book that's separate from Hal Jordan? He's got his own title, does he? He's getting his own book, which I think starts now, and it's called uh, Green Lantern War Journal because he's the Marine now. <laughs> oh, God. Like, By the way, I just want to point out how boring <laughs> they made him from the start that they had to retcon it that he was a Marine just to give him some fucking badass. Dude, like, I remember of... he in the 90s, like late 90s, when I was reading... Um, no, Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern and uh, Hal Jordan was Parallax and sort of bre- eat it every now and then. Uh, John Stewart, I-, I swear to God, was crippled and was an architect. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a wheelchair and yes, he was, yeah. um, he but, was uh, an architect. That was his job. Uh, he he built, couldn't like, have the been, fucking new station and all that sort of stuff. He couldn't like, have been more fucking dull 
I remember whenever he showed up, it was like, oh, dude, he was like sideline city. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, wow. Well, I mean, that's why in the Justice League cartoon, yeah, they they made him a marine. They gave him this back because again, they didn't have they weren't going to use Hal Jordan, but of course, Hal Jordan's got the better background of a fighter, you know, test pilot, well, why, fighter pilot why, stuff. So they're like, well, they we've got not... to make him as badass. Was it just because of he was black and they needed some representation? Just League, do you think? Is that oh, why? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. He's I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't for personality. Come on, let's. I'm, I don't mean to sound nasty, but uh, uh, Stewart was not chosen for his personality. Well, he was chosen because I, yeah. they needed. Yeah, less white people, basically. I, I I don't mind him in the cartoon, but he's very dour in the Just League cartoon. I don't mind him. I think he's actually pretty decent, but it's no, quite. I, a... get, I don't mind him, but I'm just kind of like. Um, it's not, you know. I don't know. I kind of feel like. Um, I mean, thank God they had Wally because I mean, obviously, you know. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't exactly have Superman being like the life of the party, and then you got Batman, not the life of the party. You got John Johns, not the life of the party. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. Wonder Woman, not the life of the party. You got Hawk Girl, uh, Hawk Woman, not the life of the party. You know, fucking thank God Wally West Flash was there yeah. to like yeah. fucking have some fun because he was the only one. I was like, you know, so it would have been nice to have Hal Jordan in it so that at least you got Wally and him who could almost like get in trouble together. Like True. him and Flash getting in trouble together because they're not taking shit seriously or being too buddy buddy. But Good. again, yeah, you get what you get. Sadly. Good. Well, I mean, it, it, luckily for the cartoon, it worked out. I mean, the cartoon's brilliant, as we know. But um. Oh yeah. no, the co- I mean that's that's honestly that's the only real flaw I have with the comic. Uh, the 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 cartoon. Yeah. Is is John Stewart? That's the only that's the only gripe I have. And people yeah. could say it's a good Green Lantern fan. Sure, maybe. Who knows? But I to. love that cartoon except for that. Well, you're allowed to have a fucking gripe, Bridge, like, at the end of the day. Like, you know, your opinion's as valid as anybody else's, you know? Like... Yeah, I mean, that's also the reason why, they, they, let's be honest, they started making John John's, they changed his alter ego to black as well. I've I, I got to be honest. I find John John's, just overall, in general, so fucking boring. Like, I... Like... He's okay, but he's just like a walking plot device. Like people say, Superman's boring. Wow, he fucking he's the life of the party compared to John Johns. Every time I see that guy, they actually write him to be. It's the voice as well. Like it's just so mind-numbingly boring, in my opinion. You know. Well, I mean, that's why um, I love John Johns, but um, it's a it's a it's a character that's that's very hard to be the main character of a book. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, which is why he's always player. struggled a little bit, but he's a fantastic addition to a team. Agreed. No, because he's a he good gives team you that, He can give you that cool different perspective of, you know, the like Superman is an alien, but he never grew up here. So, yeah. you know, the two of them have fast, even though they're the last of their, you know, yeah. species and they've come to Earth and they hear it, like they've got vastly different outlook on on life and, and earth and humans and all this sort of stuff. So he's a great addition Agreed. to a team, and I love him in the team in the Justice League. But, yeah, he's as much as I love the character, they've never been able to pull off um, a, 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 a solo issue. The only him. one that has ever been close was Ostrander, did, did a decent run, you know? Yeah. In the 90s. But even then, it was kind of, you were almost kind of like, I mean, yeah. I wish it was a bit more fun. I wish like, yeah. I was a bit more engaged. Exactly, I agree. Again, uh, not his fault. It's a difficult character to... Yeah. Very difficult character to nail. To me, he's a team player, you know? 
He's yeah. a team player. He doesn't need a solo solo. So, Oz Comic Con overall, Rich, how long were you there? A couple of hours, three, four hours? Yeah, we, we went for about three hours because it kind of – well, because unfortunately there was no one there that I was interested in seeing. Well, the guest list was appalling, um, you know. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it was literally no one there, no one I knew. Uh, on top of that, uh, the, the panels are actually out in the open. Like, really? they're not cordoned off or anything like that. they just, like, really? there. So, you know, so they kind of almost interfere with each other kind of thing and all that and other things going on. I must be honest, when we went to the very first one. That's weird. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, had, we, like, we went Patrick there. Stewart and Jason yeah, yeah, Momoa yeah. and all that sort of yeah. stuff. That was phenomenal, but this one, it was fine, but it was definitely felt like it, um, definitely felt like a bit of a fall from grace. Well, yeah, I think they're still struggling to uh, get their mojo back, and I think COVID just almost killed them off completely, so they just, like, I mean, you looked at the guest list, and it was just like, when the biggest guest is the armourer of Mandalorian, like, a character that doesn't even take a fucking helmet off, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's well when that's your big guest you're like okay well yeah and, and even on top of that one of the panels was um uh, a cosplayer that won something last year which i'm not sure i'm I don't sound nasty but almost there was no one there at her panel like sure you know even though it's out in the open i the seats were like completely empty i'm gonna put something and out I there like, wow, I if felt she bad. did like a, I'm, no, this isn't a sexist comment but if she did some sort of burlesque or strip show you know what I mean? Like adults only. That might get some punters in. No, I mean, look, look, look listen. Cosplay is still a big thing there, man. Like, I know uh, it there's is. more people dressed up than not dressed up at these events. So, I, I understand, yeah, but, but the fact but, that yeah. it's so cosplay heavy, but yet her panel literally had no one there. I'm like, okay. Well, who cares about her? Like, you know, they're great to look at and stuff, and well done for doing it. But I don't need to hear a life story. You know, like it doesn't interest me at all. Like, how did you win this competition? That isn't worthy of a panel, you know? She's like, oh, and then I just... Oh, oh, well, oh, well, I had a bit, listen, it was more like giving advice on, like, what to do and how to make sure to, uh, how to approach it and all that sort of crap and all that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know if that's worth a panel. Like, and then I decided to become Alice. Oh, my God, Artist Ali, I don't mean to sound, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm going to show my age here, but Artist Ali, my God, what a waste of fucking time. Really? Um... Like, there's literally no comic art there. Really? It's all just... Um, arts and crafts stuff or um, Not arts and crafts, but it's it's a lot of very similar-looking art. Right. Like, what it's is like it? Some, it's like people drawing the same art style. A lot Manga of that. Or what? Some that were different, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of the same very, like, uh, what what we, what I always call it, uh, web web comic, webtoon oh, right. kind yeah. of yeah, art yeah, yeah. style. And that. Not very impressive, if I'm being honest. Would you? How do you feel about the Scott Pilgrim books? Because I used to love them. You know that that art. Style. Again, I don't. No, 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 no. I I don't mind. I'm not saying that there's no place for that art. It's just that I I think it's ridiculous that that's become like the default. almost like a go-to art. Like it's like nope, that is what they should all be now. Yeah, they all need to be this really like cutesy wootsy. Yeah, cut. You know, it's the same. Like uh, ever since uh, Titans Go. Yes. You know, it, it, almost everything feels like um, a cutesy woodsy cartoon of like things that used to be badass eighties, right? Yeah. You know, uh, animation kind of stuff and all that. You know what I mean? Like, um, like that terrible Thundercats they did. Thundercats oh, that was raw, fucking awful. You know, and I'm just like, I That's just, I don't awful. want everything to be that. Like, no, that was that was actually shockingly bad. I I don't mind I don't mind some of it, but but like 
I, I agree. It's the over proliferation of that. And, it's a, yeah, it's an oversaturation for sure. Yeah. Um, so out of ten, Rich, how was your day there? Out of ten. Oh, I'll, you know what? I will be. I won't be a curmudgeon. Six. <laughs> that's better than I would have expected. So that's good. Um, I am going to try to attend the next one. Um, you know, like I haven't been to a con in a long time. So if it's a super, I'm just going to make a do a one dayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and... No, no, no. One day, yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel a bit shitty that I spent, like, you know, money on this ticket and I was sure. done in three hours because there was literally no panels or yeah. or anything that I wanted. I kind of felt, like, a bit ripped off. Well, I know, I mean, I've been to so many and I, I, I know exactly what it's like. Once you've done the lap about three times, you're mm. sort of like, okay, you know, like... Because you're you're like me, Rich. You're an old pro at it. You know you know where thing. You know you know what I mean. You know the feel. It's not not your first rodeo. Once you've done about three laps and you've you bought a couple of things and done this and done that. If there are no panels, it's kind of like, well, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Well, my yeah. girlfriend likes the cosplay stuff, but I think next time because I want to get in early because um obviously I don't want to shuffle through people to try and find comics. So if they are going to have some of these comic guys, like, again, if, like, the camera guys come back and all that sort of shit, although I know where one of them is and they gave me his card, so uh, my Good. girlfriend's uh, parents actually live in Canberra, so Excellent. we do go there. And did she cosplay? Did she cosplay? Did she cosplay? Huh? Did, did you go? Oh, yeah, yeah, she cosplayed. She got a photo. A lot of people um, asked to... Uh, what did she cosplay as? Um, don't ask me what the fucking character is. It's some anime shit, so okay, don't... Anime. Okay. Don't, don't ask me, but, uh, oh, some girls were squealing and asking really? for their photos to be taken with and all that, so she, oh, had, she had a bit of fun. But I think her stuff was a bit later, and uh, the stuff finds a bit early, so I think next time we'll go there early for me, yeah. then we'll leave. Yeah. If there's no panels and shit, then go have a lunch somewhere sure. and then come back for like sure. the stuff that she wants because sure. it's really boring. Like I'm not can joking. I, like can I plus trying, one? Can you I want plus time one? to slow down? Walk around a con with nothing to do. Can I plus one? Yeah, you know, if I can, can I come along? Yeah, of course you yeah. can, man. Okay, fantastic. Because Michelle never wants to go to these things. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, look, pens. You and I always go back in the day. Well, yeah, we've been we've been to so many. We've been to so many. So look, seriously, I would like to. I, I like I like the day out, but I, I agree with you one. Th- I'm with you one thousand percent. Like, if there are no good guests, it really comes down to what are the vendors, and sometimes the vendors are terrible. You know what I mean? Oh, look, most of the vendors there again. You know, you get the t-shirt sellers. Yeah. Um, you get the um. It's a lot more anime figurines and all that sort of stuff that they're selling now. But also, let me tell you something, a ton, and I mean a ton of um, uh, cosplay stuff, yeah. like swords, costumes, yeah. all that sort of stuff. There was a ton of that, and I was like, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if I would be coming to a Comic-Con for yeah. cosplay stuff. Like, yeah, I know. But, you know, you never know. I guess I don't know the market, so. Well, maybe sometimes it's about getting their cards to people and stuff, and getting their contact details and yeah. everything else. I mean, again, I would I would understand a couple of stores, but it's a lot. I mean, put it this way: there's a lot. There was a lot more cosplay mm. stores than there were comic stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all right, well, not too bad. Um, interesting stuff, Rich. Now some big news this week: Bob Dylan played at Farm Aid, and he's backed by the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty's band. Um, they oh. they backed Bob Dylan, and pictures of Bob smiling as he was playing. And standing no, up on play. No, can't be real. Yeah, well, uh, he loves the Heartbreakers. And Good he, news. He, he loves the Heartbreakers. So, yeah, rare smiles. He was – because these days he normally stays seated behind his keyboard, doesn't doesn't get up. 
um, a lot of the time, and because uh, he's got the arthritis and stuff now, bad back and everything. But uh, he was up playing guitar, which he hasn't played in years on stage. Yeah, he was having the time of his life. I just goes to show the good well, old Harper. Good, uh, good for him. Eighty-two years of age, man. Uh, my sister said he looks like he could, you know, die at any moment during the songs. <laughs> Probably could, to be fair. Just, just fucking go out. What a great life, though. He does exactly what he wants to do. Like, he wants to play. He doesn't really care if people like it or not. He just puts on his show. He tours the world. You know, he just does what he wants, man. Like, at the end of the day, you know, it's almost a perfect life, you know? Just gets up, gets to play. Mm. And obviously the Heartbreakers, I mean, let's not forget, he recently went a decade not talking. To the audience, he went a decade without any conversation with the audience between numbers. Just did the songs, songs only, mm. and then he broke a decade-long sort of streak by suddenly breaking into a bit of a story. He's probably been told he's not got much long to live. <laughs> well, he was like, "I need to get some information out." He's like, "I need to no, He's like, "I need to start enjoying life." I've been, I'm going to die. I've just been told I'm dying in two weeks. I need <laughs> yeah. to go out and have fun again. I've got to remember to live. <laughs> yeah, remember to live. Do you have any regrets? Well, there was the decade I didn't speak. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I feel like I was a dick. Now, um, funnily enough, we're doing Hawkworld Zero, which wasn't the fucking issue I thought it was today in weekly in, in weekly comics. But my Hawkworld run, the Ostrander, I've almost finished, and he then writes Hawkman for a while before he passes it off to Loeb's. Man, what an enjoyable run, frankly, this Hawkworld is. Um, Katar Hall, is that how you say his name? And uh, I really like Hawk Woman. And they're just a badass team, man. Like, and I was saying to you, pre-crisis. So in the 70s, because I always think of it in the 70s, in the 70s Justice League on the satellite and all that sort of shit, um, Hawkman, who was always fighting with people, that was Carter Hall, correct? Uh, I mean, he wasn't always fighting with people. There was only uh, a period where they made like Green him, Arrow um, and stuff, you know? Yeah, that, that was more the... Um, Denny O'Neill and stuff. Yeah, kind of like 70s. 70s, um, yeah. yeah. 70s, 80s sort of Hawkman. But before that, he was a little bit more... Um, when he was part of the Justice Society and all that sort of stuff, he oh. was just a little bit more of a... a the upper lip guy. So. Okay, no, I'm thinking of the 70s, 80s. That's the one I know. Mm. When I say I, I liked him then, but he was all what they they consciously had him going at Green Arrow, and him would go back and forth about shit like mm. you know, so social stuff. And um, anyway, that Hawkman was Carter Hall, correct? And he was a human. Carter Hall was he a human? H A L L. Was he? Yeah. A, yeah. Okay. Whereas this guy, confusingly called Katar Hall. Um, is a thank you. Yeah, yeah uh, Thangarian and et cetera, et cetera. And Thangarian. Thangarian. And, and anyway, it's just fucking fascinating. And then it turned up that out of some event, Carter Hall suddenly popped up with Hawk Girl and they met and they were like chatting. And I was like, Yeah, it started as a reboot and ended up just being, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, a retcon, and then it ended up just being two separate people. Yeah, yeah, they're literally, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And, and but I sort of knew it was happening. And but anyway, like that aside, like the continuity shit, which obviously Ostrander was trying his hardest to sort of write around. It's a very entertaining title. You know what I mean? Like it's good, pulpy. 
sort of hard-fisted action. You don't have to read anything else, really. You can just, you know what I mean? I love those, I love those titles that you can read from like that era, and you and you don't feel like you have to read all the other titles. You can you can just enjoy it on its own merits. And I mean, I think it stands strong. Um, it's probably third tier amongst the Hawkman stuff. I'm sure Jeff John's stuff is more highly regarded, but it's pretty solid. You know, like Ostrander doesn't let the team down, man. You know what I mean? He's he's he 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 has a pretty high standard. I I, I think he's a consistent seven point five to eight point five guy. You know what I mean? I don't see him dipping low. Uh, yeah, but I will say this, and we'll get into it a bit later. As an Ostrander fan, mm. I, I still have to say this is before New Fifty Two. This was my least favorite. Although he didn't write, he didn't ever. write the zero issue. The zero issue is written by Loeb's. No, I don't know, but I have read the okay. the Hawkwell stuff, and I'm sorry. I, until New Fifty Two came along, mm. I'm not a fan of this Hawkman. Wow, hot take, Rich. I don't know if it's a hot take. I think it's pretty normal. <laughs> Man, but you, but do you, is partly you saying that because you know I love it so much? Is that why? You no, know, no, 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 no. I love Hawkman, dude. No, no. You know I love Hawkman. This is, this is where the one time I'm not doing it just to you. Do you remember? Uh, just to piss you off. Do you remember for years, like literally, I didn't know that a Hawkman was wearing a suit. I thought he I thought he was, I thought literally like they all had wings. I thought that my whole life until I was reading an issue of something and he took off his suit and I was like, what the fuck? I think mm. it was, and I was like, it's just, it's just like a uniform. That was a massive shock to me because my whole childhood, 20s, 30s, I always said Hawkman was part Hawk, stupidly. And and then he took his suit off, like, and you know, the whatever the belt's called and that shit. And I was like, I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was, it was just like, it was like just telling, you know, I'm like 35 years old and they're like, Santa Claus isn't real. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, they're like, yeah, it doesn't. It's all a lie, you know. It's just a lie that, that he's not. He's not really half hawk. He's not really half hawk, and I was like, I was just like, wow, I didn't, I, and that includes. This is how fucking stupid I am. That includes me watching Justice League, which clearly I wasn't watching clearly because I'm sure she took her wings off at times. But even with Justice League, I didn't clue on. It wasn't until really I started reading this Ostrander that I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> I was like, huh? Hold up a minute. <laughs> They're not part hawk? What, have I been lied to my whole life? Anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, I don't know if it's your whole life, but clearly most, well, most of, of Most of my life, the majority of my life. Um, my, the main reason I love Hawk, I'll be honest why I like Hawkman, is because he's just a hard charger. If he was a, more of a pussy... I wouldn't really like him, but it's because he likes to break shit up. And I really like, um, I, f- I forget how you pronounce the name, but like his offside, a hawk woman, who's more of a hard charger than him. I really like her because she's in the Australian stuff. She's a really, she's like a dog on a leash. You're straining on a leash half the time. You know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good stuff. You know. We've got to get Ostrander on the show. He's not getting any younger, man. I think he's getting towards late 70s. Yeah, I would, I'd lo- I would love to speak to Ostrander because yeah, he's uh, okay. his Star Wars stuff, obviously Suicide Squad and all that. So, yeah, definitely. That's well, a, I'm putting out the signals, man, smoke signals. I'm doing everything I can. I, I don't know what more I can do. I mean, I could throw cash at the guy, you know, 500 bucks in your account. 
John Ostrander turn up? <laughs> like seriously, like you know how much how much money? Like if you said to me, you know, Dave, you've got to appear on like Ray's show. There's two hundred bucks in it for you. I'd be there. You know what I mean? Like why not? Like what you know, easy two hundred. If I if I if I said to him, look, there's five hundred for you on the table. Do you want it? Gonna give us two hours. Uh, I, can, I, yeah, I, mean, I can imagine him being oh, like... Oh, for sure. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say 500 bucks for an hour. Not no, no, I, but I, I could imagine a guy, like, you know, no matter what their situation, like, he's sitting at home, you know, if not retired, he's definitely winding down. He's like, fuck it, why not? You know, easy money. Just waffle through a few memories, you know, tell a few stories. <laughs> just waffle for two hours. <laughs> just, yeah, just bad time. Like in... um. Remember Parks and Rec? Do you, have you ever? You, do you remember the episode where? Pat, I love that show. Yeah. Well, the, it's the thing where Patton Oswalt has to filibuster. At the, yeah, the filibuster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I've done that twice. Yeah, um, <laughs> he did it, and also Leslie did it. But she did had to do on roller skates that one. But yeah, he was doing it. And he starts talking about let me the new Star Wars, <laughs> and he's just going off how like they should write the new Star Wars and all this sort of stuff. And you know what's funny? From the sounds of it, his one was better anyway. <laughs> but it was so <laughs> fucking funny. Like it was that show. Honestly, I feel was underrated. Like it was that was that was a genuinely very funny show. And I actually I didn't really know much about. it. I started watching it, and you, you get hooked on that show very easily. It's very easy to to sort of while oh, out. Oh hell yes! Yeah, that's a good show. Uh, now I have checked out the Dragon's Dogma stuff. I'm one thousand percent in. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, Assassin's Creed comes out next week. I was just re- watching some mm, early... Couldn't care. Well, slow down, Rich. Whoa, slow it down, man. You know, I might try to get U- Ubisoft as a fucking sponsor, and then you're going to have to shut up because I'm going to shill, shill, shill. You know what I mean? I'm going to get out my little... Uh, listen, I will pack. happily shut up. I will just will not endorse. <laughs> I'll endorse. Fuck it. I'll endorse. Well, I can't promise that I won't be there while you endorse in a game. Oh. What are you talking about? Like, if there's money on the table, you're not going to shill? I'd shill. Well, you be soft. No. Jesus. Wowee. Might have to find the mute button for you, Rich, if, like, that's a, you know, like, you know, I get my little shill pack on, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Paint my face, you be soft forever and stuff. I, look, Dave, I know you're joking all that, because I'm sorry, you can't shill because then your audience has no faith in you. Like, whenever you, you give them your point of view or you say that something is great, are why would they believe me? you? Are you kidding, dude? Like, you know I love Assassin's Creed. It's genuine. No, I love. I'm just talking about shilling in general. Oh, shilling in general. So if you, if I suddenly showed up and I was like, man, I tell you who, I tell you the greatest comic of all time, Tom King's Batman the Wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think your fans would be like, mm, I, I think like, I can trust this guy's opinion. I'd be like, wow, he hit that out of the park. Uh, don't listen to episodes 1 to 250 where I mention every single fucking episode, like how much I hate it. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's only so much. But but if it's like Ubisoft or or like Turtles or something, I'd chill. I'd be like, yeah, Turtles are the best, man. Get down there. Pick up your Minute Mayhem figures now. <laughs> kind of st- <laughs> um, now. Wouldn't surprise me. i tell you something that might surprise you, Rich. Are you ready for this? Drum roll. Watch, Bl- Watch Blue Beetle. Absolutely loved it. I was... It's cheesy. Is it cheesy? Oh, yeah. Um, I said to Michelle, this is 8.5. She goes, you're loving it over there. And I was like, yeah, I am. This is great. She gave it like a six and a half. She has no idea who Blue Beetle is, but she's like, she was like, who? I was like, just watch it. And, um, man, uh, surprisingly good, I will say. 
have you seen it, Rich? Uh, not yet. We were actually going to go on Thursday, but then something came up, so we're going to try and watch it because we wanted to try and watch it before the new uh, Ghibli movie comes out, which is The Boy and the Heron. Um, the new but, what? Uh, uh, Studio Ghibli. Oh, you know, Howl's okay. Moving Castle. But you can just download it. Away. You can just download it. It's out, man. Blue Beetle, dude. Oh, we will. We were going to try and go to the movies, but we, oh. we, we, we couldn't squeeze it in. But we'll, we'll watch it on streaming. What, what came up late in the, the Kennedy assassination? Like, well, what, was, what was the fucking gigantic event? I the... forgot about my niece's birthday. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Did you like my dated reference, a lead in the Kennedy assassination? Yeah, it was, it was her first one, so she's still fairly new on the That's earth. That's okay. So I kind uh, of forgot about her. I'll I had eight. Be so hilarious if you're like to, to, to your um, sister, be like, I can't make it. Why? I'm watching Blue Beetle. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they would have gone I, down. I'm watching Blue Beetle. What, you can't watch it another time? Uh, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to, no. <laughs> exactly. Um, dude, I'll be interested to see what you and Alicia think. I, I, I honestly enjoyed it. Now, you know that I like Jamie Reyes from what little I've read of him and seen, actually more seen in the animated. I, I actually felt it was good. I, am I surprised it wasn't a big hit? No, I'm not surprised at all because I don't think anyone knows who this character is outside of a fucking few people. But it's fun. It's it's cheesy. It's fun. It's certainly better than a lot of the more recent Marvel shit. I mean, I I, I it's cheesy, um, fun. But so what? Like, I I thought it was quite a good movie, actually, frankly. Uh, and I was expecting. Worse, and I was how, like a third of the way in. I said to Michelle, "I'm loving this." You know, it honestly, it's a feel-good movie too. It's it, it actually, you know what it feels a bit like, um, that kind of '80s feel of like a feel-good movie. It's it's kind of that. It's it's something that could have come out. Obviously, the graphics are, are much more modern, but late '80s kind of vibe. It's 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 good. I I'll be interested to see what you think because I I was very pleasantly surprised by Blue Beetle. And it towers over like most of the DC movies. You know, it's completely different to, to pretty mm. much. Doesn't have any of that. Oh, it's so dark, and you know all that stuff. It doesn't have any of that shit. Like it's it's quite it's a refreshing. It's kind of a nice palate cleanser. Um, uh, looks good. Um, some good performances. Likable actors. You know, it's cheesy. I mean, it is cheesy, but that's okay. You know. Mm. So yeah, I'll be next. So you reckon you'll see it by next week? Do my best. Okay. Um, a Little Mermaid. Michelle's loving it. She's watching it right now. She. It was actually. It didn't look too bad. The the graphics are excellent. Um, I was watching it just before I came in to see this, and and I'm certainly not a Little Mermaid fan. I couldn't care less about Little Mermaid, but um, looked good, and the songs seem pretty decent. Michelle's loving it. It's, it's she's like two thirds of the way through when we started the show. So, um. That's on Disney Plus now. I believe it's like one of their biggest ever hits or something on Disney Plus. Uh, apparently, so they claim. But again, I, I, I'm sorry. Until I see numbers, until they they release the report, I don't give a shit and I don't care and I don't believe them. Okay. Did it did it have a theatrical release or was it straight to Disney Plus? Uh, no, theatrical. Let's have a look at what it made. I have no idea. I, I honestly have no uh, idea. It was not uh, successful. Let's put it that way. Oh, it wasn't successful. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it was necessarily a bomb, but I wouldn't say it was like a, wow, we've made so much money off this. Well, movie. yeah, I, I didn't even know that it had come out. and It was on Disney Plus, and I was like, it's made $569 million worldwide. 298 in the States, 271 internationally. So, it's not okay. I feel like for a little mermaid, that's pretty low, though. 
I would, Considering that this is a live action, which means it would have cost quite a bit of money exactly. to make the special it's, effects and all that. I would imagine that's less than they were hoping for. You know, mm-hmm. they'd be hoping for because that movie would easily be like what two hundred mil. Yeah, they made, they would have, they would have been hoping for, for, for advertising. Let's 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 give let's be generous and say only three hundred mil all up. Yeah. For making the movie advertising, it's still not a big end. You could say, yeah, we made money, but yeah, but I mean, for the amount of money you spent, like mm. you could have not spent that money and had the same amount of money. Mm. <laughs> Although so, I will, I will say this: um, it didn't look too bad. You know what I mean? I, I, it's not my cup of tea. I couldn't care less about it. But it, she, Michelle's loving it. She's like, oh, it looks so fantastic. Blah blah blah. So she's happy. So that's good. Um, now, uh, oh, some breaking news. And I believe this comes from Michael. Um, Mighty Mike Barron joins the Ripperverse. Are you familiar with the Ripperverse, Rich? Uh, I know of it. It's the it's um, Eric yeah, that guy that was um, uh, pissing people off because he was making too much money on his yeah Eric Jolly uh, independent thing. Yeah. yeah. So Mike Barron will be writing Goodying the Polymath in 2024. Mike has already done with the script. Uh, he joins Chuck Dixon and Joe Bennett with this move. Um, they've got a movie. They've got a movie. They've got a, um, a comic coming out called Alpha Core, which we're going to be talking to Chuck about uh, next week. The Ripperverse has only released two books thus far, but together they have grossed over six million dollars. Wow, um, that's impressive. Um, yeah, and and I do know that Chuck and Joe Bennett uh, from the Hulk, Rich, you familiar with him from the Hulk? Uh yes. So he's come over um, and he's doing this thing with Chuck called Alpha Core, which I think sounds really awesome. Now, big news, this show, Rich. We remember last episode, the Masters of Rock, and that guy from Rolling Stone um, put out his Masters of Rock, which apparently the book is bombed, thanks to Mitchell Hall, who supplied me with the information. Now, we're going to go through a few people's Masters. Rich, you're going to kick it off because you, you've kept your cards very close to your chest. Have you got your Masters of Rock there, Rich? Ready to go? Um, yeah, this is actually um, it's actually pretty fucking tough for me. Um, sure. Because well, I mean, the thing is, I obviously I know and I've listened to music, um, kind of of that early rock and roll and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, but like, it's not been like, it's not exactly like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's on, you know, all of it's on my playlist and I can just put on and. <laughs> Uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, as, as much as I do enjoy it, uh, my music is definitely more of what basically I grew up listening to that was in my father's bloody... That's fine, man. Um, it's, it's your list, collection. dude. It's your list, dude. Um, so, uh, all right. So, the list that I've got, and it took me home. I probably spent too much time um, working <laughs> on this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, all right. So... Oh, it's in no particular order, okay? Yes, yeah. Um, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, cool, yeah. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cash. Awesome, Rich. Well, so far, I'm loving it. Um, there's going to be one in here that's going to probably surprise you, or maybe not. Uh, Marvin Gaye. Yes. Uh, Tina Turner. Yep, cool. Uh, Beatles. Cool. Otis Redding. Awesome. Uh, obviously, Little Richard. I always liked Little Richard just because it was my name. Is it Tutti Frutti? Tutti Frutti? Is that that's him, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, now, um, uh, it, it's not on the list, but obviously, I want to add the Who to it as well. Yep. Um, now, but my favorite of all time, like if you ask me, like what music shaped me, would be Queen. But okay. um, Hank Williams. I wouldn't classify wow. it as rock, 
but yeah. I think he influenced a lot of people definitely, definitely. with his music. And I do love that old kind of like, it's so weird. I, I kind of, I always thought that I hated uh, country music. Sure. Until I actually started listening to old country music. Yeah, classic, traditional. Yeah. yeah. When I started, yeah, when I started listening to that old country music, then I was like, oh no, no, I actually do like. I just don't like that. Like, yeehaw. You just hate um, the more modern shit where it's really gone. I, when I was thinking yeah. of country music, I think because again, you know, when you're younger, you maybe only start listening to what's sort of popular at the time, and the the, the stuff that I was hearing was like eighties, nineties. Whenever I used to hear a lot of country music, so. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I did a lot of thinking of stuff I've listened to a lot and all that. But Strong as a, list, man. Growing up, mm. what, like the, the things that I listened to the most, mm-hmm. right, almost like on repeat, because we didn't have a lot of money and these are the only records we had, was basically Queen, sure. Beatles, uh, Bee Gees, cool. uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, and Michael Jackson's early, early stuff, like Off the Wall off and all the this wall, sort of stuff. Yeah. So like, that's the sort of music I generally listen to. That's good um, stuff, though, man. So I don't, like you know. So when I think about the the older stuff, I know it all, but it's not something that like really shaped me too much in in sure. what my music plays on. Except for except for um, Hank Williams. Cool. Well, that's a good list. Um, yeah, here's my list. No, no order apart from the first one. Bob Dylan, John Lennon, Elvis, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly. I was very happy to hear you say Buddy Holly because I think he's awesome. Uh, he is. Johnny Cash, David Bowie, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Cheryl Crow, Carol King, Heart. They're mine. Oh, Heart. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Heart. heart. I love would, Heart. If, I think if a bigger list, it would be on them. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly think with Carol King, I just think that Tapestry album is – it's honestly – one of the best albums I've ever listened to. I can listen to that album and it just transports me to the first time I heard it and I just think it's just such a wonderful album. I can't speak to anything else she ever did. I just know that album and I think it's just amazing. But I also know she did write a lot of songs uh, in the 60s um, for other artists as well. And um, I, I said it to Michelle, and Michelle was like, you know, going Cheryl Crow. I'm like, I love Cheryl Crow. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think Cheryl Crow's fan. I actually think Cheryl Crow's underrated, personally. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh, my honorable. I mean, also, but also, yeah. you see, this is why I kind of, I had to sort of go, listen, I, I need to go to the past because sure, sure. there's so much m- music I love, but they were my, more shaped by who the masters are. Do you know what I mean? Very true. Very like, true. I feel like you can't, yeah, like Cheryl Crow could become sort of master of like now her era, but yeah. a lot of the stuff that makes her good is stuff that's come before. Hundred percent learned, and, and I recognize and that. So, I recognize that. Um, as I said, I had to; otherwise, I couldn't put anything on the list because it'd be, it'd literally be all over the place. I, I, I did honorable mention Kurt Cobain because I think Kurt Cobain did shape uh, a certain genre of music massively, and I feel mm. if he hadn't suicided, his impact would be even greater because he would. I think he had quite a big career kind of ahead of him. You know what I mean? I don't think mm-hmm. he was, I don't think he was the guy, like, obviously he had massive drug problems, which doomed him. I'm just saying, if he had stayed alive and healthy, I think he had quite a few big albums in him. You know what I mean? Like, important albums. Mm. So, he oh, gets a, sure. he gets an honourable mention. Um, I think if he lived, it would certainly, now also, unlucky, 
to miss out is Prince because I considered putting yeah. him on there, and I I do think he's he's probably in in that mix. Um, frankly, of those kind of guys. Um, now we, I had I had a few people um who chimed in with this. Uh, I had while I find oh I had Tashes. Uh, so Tash who's going to come on the show. She wants to do Gotham Year One. Um, mm-hmm. so she gets sent me hers. Uh, where is it? Okay, so she has them listed. At 10, Alex Turner of Arctic Monkeys. 9, Linda Ronstad. 8, Bruce Springsteen. 7, Jeff Buckley. 6, Anna Nancy Wilson of Heart. Her and I are both big fans of Heart. 5, Jimmy Page slash Robert Plant, which I know a lot of people would put on their list, uh, Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4, Paul McCartney. 3, Stevie Nicks. 2, Courtney Love. 1, Kurt Cobain. There you go. Um, Courtney Love. List. Yeah, it's a strong list. I mean, Courtney Love, she's, a, yeah... Definitely talented. Um, mm. Now, I mean, you, you know what's funny? I would, you know, I would put on my list is um, Genesis, and the reason I just put Genesis is because I think um, mm. both uh, Phil Collins and um, Peter Gabriel, uh, Peter Gabriel. Sometimes I always think of Robert Palmer. Peter Gabriel are also should be like on people's list as. Oh yeah. Uh, phenomenal song oh, yeah. uh, writers, creators. Pe- people sort of who weren't, if you were in the 80s, you could not get away from Phil Collins. He had so many fucking hits. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like it just felt like, much much like an Elton John, who, by the way, I very seriously consider putting on the list. I just felt, he. I, look, Elton, he's unlikely to miss out there, actually, because I probably like him more than anyone, Cheryl Crow or anything. But, but, much like Elton John dropping hit after hit in the 70s and 80s, Phil Collins went on a streak, you know, where he was just, mm-hmm. he left Genesis. And I don't know when it started. I, I couldn't tell you what year, but definitely early 80s through to about 92, 93. I mean, this guy, he just kept hitting the charts, you know? But you know what? But the reason I say Genesis is because I actually take my head off to Genesis in that they actually had a good frontman in uh, Peter Gabriel, yeah. who then went off to have a, a successful solo yeah. career under, as Peter Gabriel. Then they bring in Phil Collins, mm. who also creates you know fantastic hits for them as as like the lead singer. Who then also goes off on his own to have an even bigger I know. solo career. Crazy, so Genesis is like, dude, you know how to spot talent. <laughs> I'm well, like, yeah, you, you know how to spot it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about them, really. I, to be honest, I've never really listened to much Genesis ever. Um, I, oh, you should, yeah, man. You yeah. should. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I should. You'd get a kick out of it. No, I should because I love Peter Gabriel and I actually do like Phil Collins. Um, now I have um, Mitch's list: uh, Masters of Rock and Roll, one Chuck Berry. Two Elvis, three Little Richard, four Jimi Hendrix, five Keith Richards, who, by the way, was unlikely to miss out with me, six Jimmy Page, seven John Bonham, eight Jerry Lee Lewis, nine Eddie Cochran, ten Pete Townsend. Eddie Cochran, I know the name, but I don't know what he's famous for. Uh, uh, do you know Eddie Cochran? I know the name, but I, I don't know. Let's have a look. Let's let's let's. I, I know he's a, he's an early rock and roller kind of thing. You know. Um... Uh, what was he? Yeah, in? Uh, summertime blues. Come on, everybody! Three steps to heaven. I think he's an early rocker. You know, teenage heaven. Yeah, I, I, I've probably heard the name, but I'm, I would not say that I'm. 
super, super familiar with his work. I'm not familiar at all with his work. I just know the name. Uh, someone I really like is Eric Burden and the Animals. Do you, do you know them, Rich? Like House of the Rising Sun and that kind of stuff. And like, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's my life. I I love. I actually sometimes at night, you know, when it's really chilled out, I I, I like putting on like chilled music, often from the sixties or seventies, because I th- I often think it's it's mm-hmm. suited to late night. I, I, I put on some of the animals, like their best hit, you know, greatest hits and stuff, and it's it's good stuff. Like, I actually feel they're a bit underrated. Um, definitely got some really powerful songs, you know? Um, he, he was pretty cool, actually, Eric Burden. Um, mm. and, and it, well, that's why yeah. I say it's, it's really hard to make this list. Like, no, it because is. Because yeah, it's, it's just list. so much, like, and especially the older you get. Yeah, sure, as a young person... Your list is probably going to be a bit smaller because you haven't really experienced it all that hasn't mm. shaped you as much. But, I mean, the older you get, that list just grows and grows, man. Because sure, man. Even as you get older, you can discover shit that you missed. Oh, 100%. And, and yeah. stuff, and you add it to the list. So it's really, like, I, I'm i not joking. It's I took all week. Wow. <laughs> probably longer than I should. Well, you came list. up with a good list. And now Michael Kellershim, he kept it short and sweet. Uh, to wrap things up, the Sex Pistols, the Clash of the Ramones. Wow. Michael Kellershim is a punk rocker. Oh yeah, Gip, love the Ramones too. I, I tell you who I really like, the Clash. I I, I wouldn't have put them oh. on my all time list, but I do love the Clash. I I can listen. But to oh, that's the thing; you don't have to put anyone on a list. Rock, you just rock. enjoy music. Well, that's that's true. it. Like music is there to be enjoyed, man. Do you, do you know the Clash song uh, "Rock the Casbah"? That, that, that's, of course, of course, yeah. I love that song. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I know it's one of their biggest hits, but I fucking like, love that song. I'm I'm a big fan of of like that's the thing because I also just I love songs you know what I mean I love music I don't necessarily I don't always necessarily get caught up or, or hung up on who sung it and sure. what's their discography and all this sort of stuff like um you know the song um uh shit was it uh, everybody have fun tonight yeah Wang Chung you know you know Wang Chung and they have that song uh, everybody Wang Chung tonight you know everybody have fun tonight. Everybody, let's Wang Chung tonight. Like Never it's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, it's a great fun song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in my list because I don't give a fuck if they were popular or they made it or were big. They had a fucking great song, and, it. and it's a song that everyone should listen to. Well, like that's right, you know. And yeah. so that's what I think. It's it's I don't I don't get too wrapped up in lists. I just love music. My list is so sure. sure. My again, if someone looked at my Spotify, they'd just be like, "My God, man, it's all over the place." They're all like, over yeah. the shop. <laughs> it's like so much shit. Like, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, now, well, thank you for everyone who contributed. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, that was well. some great lists. Some great I agree lists. with every. You know what? I agree with every single list. Oh, me too. Me too. Everyone, everyone. Did you have Elvis on your list, by the way? Of course, I had Elvis on my list. Jesus Christ! Like it was. You must have just brushed him over. Bob... I just, I just. When you've gone through so many lists. I'm like, did you actually say Elvis? I said I Bob Dylan, <laughs> John Lennon, and Elvis. That's how it started, man. I was, okay. I was like, it, that was just building blocks. I was like, where? I, I, did you notice? I said not in any specific order, apart from Bob Dylan at one. You know. <laughs> yeah, apart from that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! I just realized who I forgot. Tom Petty. Wow. Uh, sorry, Sean. Hey, don't even don't even say who I forgot. You guess, literally forgot so many people. Guess what? <laughs> guess, guess what, Rich? Get ready for this. Sorry, Cheryl Crow. You're off. Bye. Tom Petty. In. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Cheryl Crow. You get an honorable mentions. And and that and uh, no offense. It's just the way it goes. It's, um, that's just the cut and thrust. But partly that's because I'm still so devastated by his death that I just can't really grapple with it at all. So that's probably why I blocked that out of my head mm. because I, I had heartbreaking news on the show. 
um, this episode. Now, Assassin's Creed... Oh, actually, speaking of death, sorry, I forgot to add this to the news. What happened? Um, oh, that... Oh, shit. Uh, that, uh, an actor just, just passed away. Okay, you're going to be any more specific. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no. Uh, he's, uh, I know his name. It's the Dumbledore actor. Okay. Oh, um, right, okay. Like, what? Like, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Gambon. I thought Dumbledore was already dead. The guy who played him didn't they recast? No, him? there was two. Richard Harris. Yeah. Richard Harris was the first Dumbledore. He passed away after the second movie, and now the second uh, one's done. And then Michael Gambon took over, and then now he just passed away. I think wow. yesterday or something. It's a cursed chalice, isn't it? Did did? Oh, is... really? He he finalized all the movies. <laughs> is <laughs> is is um? It, I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts like the latest ones. Isn't Dumbledore in that as well? Doesn't he meet up yeah, with? Yeah, that's played by Jude Law. He's younger. Jude Law's still alive. The clock's ticking, though. But didn't these guys all die at a healthy age? Like, weren't they in the eighties and stuff? Well, he was no, no, God, no. I mean, Richard what? Harris was, I'm sure, in his eighties, and, and Richard saying. Gamble was in his eighties. Now, I think he was eighty-eight. Well, yeah, it's hard to say it's a cursed chalice when people are killing over at eighty-eight. You know? Yeah, eighty-eight. It's decent. Yeah, they were age. kind of on the list anyway. It's a it's a decent age. You've had a lot of wine. You've had a lot of cheese. You live the theatre lifestyle. It's going to catch up with you at some point. The Reaper comes knocking, you know? Jude Law's probably got 40 years left. You know, he's probably hoping for more of these fucking movies so he can keep cranking it out well into his elderly years. What a sweet gig that would be. Oh, come on. Like, are you going to play Dumbledore? Oh, well, the easiest fucking gig. I don't think he will. The movies, the movies didn't do well. Okay. Well, the first couple did. The Fantastic Beasts. First couple, I think the last one they did didn't. It did okay, but the 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 last two were were not that good, uh, if I remember correctly. Okay, all right. Uh, Now you've got some news here about Nightcrawler. What is Spider Man now? Oh no, I yeah, I I I just saw this the other day, and I was like, is this real? Is this real life? Um, Is this real? uh, uh, Nightcrawler is now going to be a Spider Man. He's going to be Uncanny Spider Man. (sighs) Okay. Like with his nightcrawler powers, like, and he's going to be yeah. dressed up as a as a Spider-Man. Really? So he's bamfing all around the place, is he? Yeah, I'm just what? pretty much. Yeah. So what, what is, I'm, what I'm is the like, point of that? You need to have spider powers to be a Spider-Man. But also, like, why can't he just be nightcrawler? Why does he have to masquerade as Spider-Man with nightcrawler powers? <laughs> that's that's what my question is. It's almost like um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's almost like he's been traded in the off season, and he has to put on a new uniform. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, like we literally do not know what to do anymore. Like we are so out of ideas. So with, pathetic. With the X Men and, and Nightcrawler and all that. I bet it's everyone. It's here we go. This is fucking hilarious. Uh, this is the, the title of this article that I'm about to read out makes me laugh. Okay, so the the storyline is that uh, Nightcrawler, as you're saying, Rich is uncanny nightcrawler the what is it it's got this thing where it says nightcrawler you get get this so we've we've heard the news about he's gonna come uncanny spider-man returns nightcrawler to his roots it's like his roots aren't fucking (laughs) (laughs) spider-man like like i would say nightcrawler becoming uncanny spider-man is about as far away from his roots as he could possibly fucking get um it returns to I, his... I, I, I'm assuming they mean his roots of actually being a fucking hero. Yeah, they're saying as a swashbuckling adventurer. I thought he came from a circus. Despite the fact he's currently wearing the mantle of another hero, 
Expect a fairly dark tone to the series, even as Nightcrawler dashes and teleports his way through the streets of New York. Uncanny Spider-Man is part of Marvel's Fall of X lineup, meeting the series builds on the tragic events of the upcoming Hellfire Gala and the latest disaster to perform mutant kind. Oh, God. Like, really? You know, why? Apparently. Why? Can I, can I just say that? Like, you know, get this. Um, then you've got the, the guy, Cy Spuria. Writing Kurt has always been an exercise in heart. Oh, Jesus. He was the first to fill the cracks in Kakoa and the first to try to do something about it. Unfailingly loyal to his people, his friends and his responsibilities, he's gone through a lot. What's been missing for him is the joy, the freedom, the thrill. And that's where we find him now, in a restyled Spidey suit, banthing across New York and rubbing shoulders uh, with the best heroes and villains of the Manhattan milieu. But of course, it's not quite that, it's not quite that simple. Is Nightcrawler really doing this for the thrill, or is he hiding? Is it easier to put on a mask and punch some villains than it is to stare trauma in the eye? Oh, Jesus. Like... Do you, think, do you think a lot of writers at Marvel <laughs> don't know what to do with Nightcrawler because he's supposed to be religious? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I remember he was religious back in the Claremont days. He was forever going on about God and stuff, wasn't he? Like, when pushed. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, also, I still don't understand why he's wearing a Spider-Man suit. Like, it's clearly Nightcrawler. You know, like... Yeah, a, I don't know. Like a villain... You know, they're in the same universe. I understand, like, sometimes it doesn't feel like they are, but Nightcrawler and Spider-Man are technically in the Marvel Universe, so they've been around for fucking ever, each of them. So, you know, and the X-Men are well-known, and, like, they know Nightcrawler. And and Nightcrawler has a very distinctive power. Like, he bamfs. That's his power. And he smells of sulfur and stuff. It's not Spider-Man's power. I've never seen Spider-Man do that. So what villain is going to be like, oh, yeah, that's just Spider-Man. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Why is he bamfing everywhere? Like, I don't get it. It really does feel like there's been a trade, you know, like a baseball trade, and he's with the new team. And I just think it's... And also, I could have done without the part where they're like, is all these fun and games, Rich, just to, you know, paper over the trauma in his soul? It's like, oh, God. You know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Although, I will say... I mean, I'm no Nightcrawler expert, but he always has had a fair amount of um, sort of, I don't know, like his origin story. I mean, people were chasing him with pitchforks and stuff, weren't they? You know, hasn't he always uh, had a Yeah, little... I believe so, in, in yeah. Germany. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is I know he's fun and games, but he always has had a more somber side, hasn't he, from memory at times? Sort of, he's yeah, had, no, but he's... Yeah, but that's what I said. He's very, he's deeply religious, mm. but he also is, um, believes in cherishing life and fun and adventure and okay. all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's not something you should exclusive. I mean, just because you're religious doesn't mean you've got to be fun. No, I agree. He's always been a mix, is what I'm trying to say. You know, from, from when I've read him anyway. I mean, and most of my reading comes. Well, from- I mean, the debate is always that he was using that to mask or you know, uh, getting through the fact that he's obviously a mutant and mm. is shunned and all that sort of stuff. And so he, that was his way of sort of making Neem's life feel normal or his. Didn't or... he at one point have some sort of like 
thing which made him look like a normal human, like a holographic thing or something. I seem to recall in the eighties. Do you remember? I don't remember. No, I know he Beast did. did. I don't remember I Nightcrawler. Maybe he did. I think Nightcrawler did. He may not have had it for long, but I be- I want to say that he was wearing something for a while. Nightcrawler human sort of suit or form or something. He he definitely was doing something. I I forget what it was, but it was like um it wasn't real. It was like it was like a um it was like a holographic thing or something. You know, image inducer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the form. There you go. It's an image inducer, um, and he normally does it um, as Errol Flynn because people think he has a similar personality to Errol Flynn. Oh, oh yes, now that you say that, yes, that rings a bell. Yeah, okay. I mean, fair enough. I guess I have seen. I, I guess I haven't read enough Nightcrawler, but I I do recall now. There's been some Nightcrawler where he's on a pirate ship and stuff. I guess that's quite Errol Flynnish, like from. Errol Flynn, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's always had some sort of swashbuckling adventure and and with swords and stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's okay. I mean, look, I, I like the character. Um, Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's just weird making him a Spider Man. That's all. Like, and that smacks of desperation. You know, that just smacks of just some cheap gimmick. You know, to just throw at the audience. Basically, that's what that that smacks of. Now, I've got a question for you, Richard. Would I enjoy the comic Rat Queens? Because it got recommended to me. Have you? Uh, have you heard of this? Pro- possibly, yes. Uh, I didn't, but you might. I'm going to pick it on a show soon. Um, Rat Queens. Uh, I, I feel like I read a couple of issues many years ago and enjoyed them and then completely forgot about it. But um, apparently it's winding up, um, which is a perfect time for me to jump on. And... Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to try it out. So expect a Rat Queen's pick in the next month or two uh, from Dave. Yay. Now, Richard, this is hilarious. Do you now? You know, I like you. It has been said that I love a conspiracy, hasn't it? You, I do love a conspiracy. I've got one. Uh, I don't know if you love it as much as you crave it. I do crave it. I, I look and. By the way, this is, once again, this is journalism, what I'm doing here. Because I'm putting out a fucking, I'm putting out an idea to the audience. And I'm saying, here are the facts. I present the facts, fucking Lois Lane style, to the audience. Almost Clark Kent, when he was in the in the Galaxy Broadcasting booth, when he was the Anchorman in the 70s, Bronze Age. And I'm going to announce the facts to the audience, and they can make their own decisions. Uh... You recall over the last couple of weeks, we had that guy, I got his fucking name, what's it, Bill someone, the guy from Fables, was it Willingham? You remember the mm-hmm. Fables guy? Remember the Fables thing and like there was all that shit about yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Just last week. So, Just yeah. last week, man, and the week before that, and so it's hot in everyone's minds. It's the talk of the town. I go on to Kindle Comics to see the DC sales. Well, guess what? The top 100 DC things are on sale, including all the deluxe editions of fables for like two bucks each no kidding man wow i picked them all up now here's my conspiracy rich that's their way of saying fuck him you know like putting his stuff out at minimum price the deluxe editions davy cleaned up i was like a fucking you know i don't know what i was like i was like a horny sailor you know he comes off a fucking ship and he's just looking for the latest fix and do you agree with me rich that's a conspiracy that's that's, um, that's payback. It's certainly possible. Mm. Uh, another good just being a thing is they could be saying, "Listen, this is in the news now." Yeah, 
people might look up Fable. And, you know, okay, let's say, okay, you sell it for two bucks, but I mean, let's say, you know, a thousand people download mm. at two bucks, it's still a lot of money. A, mm. a digital costs you literally fucking nothing. It's true. Like, uh, that's pure profit, two dollars pure by, profit. By the way, it's three ninety nine. I'm looking at it now. Three ninety nine. Okay, well, three ninety again, three ninety nine, five, five bucks, whatever, even if it was five bucks mm. for digital, that's pure profit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no cost. So, you know what? It, it's put it in the news. People are talking about it. People are looking it up, and they might go, "Oh fuck, it's five bucks! Let me buy it and see how good it is, or what's the fuss and all this sort of shit." Or other people going like, "Oh wow, there's a you know, oh, there's a sale, and we we're just talking about it." I mean, it's either it is or someone is a genius and who's like, "I need to take advantage of." Yeah, yeah, it's this, this is like free marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I cleaned up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and isn't that a happy fucking story, Rich? You know, and I also in the same sale, I picked up Rogues, the Joshua Williamson um, thing, the Flash Rogues, like twenty years in the future. Um, oh yeah. Because I, I just, I, I, I started reading that and I really enjoyed it. I thought that was a really good, um, a really, a really good uh, read, actually. But um, yeah, so there are some good sales on, and and I, you know me, I do love my digital comics, um, and. I'm gonna I'm gonna push forward um, shopping with the gang this week. Next week, Rich, there's something coming out that I'm really interested in, and I mentioned to you that I want to maybe do it on the show soonish. It's um, Sergeant Rock, and you know I love my Sergeant Rock versus Army of the Dead, and I believe Bruce Campbell wrote it um, from you know mm-hmm. Evil Dead fame, and I think you said you'd read a couple of issues. I feel like maybe we did one of the issues on the signal at some point. I believe we did the first issue, yes, and I did read uh, uh, one or two more after that, yes. Okay. Um, I said to you on buying, and you said, well, slow down, Dave, maybe wait for the review, didn't you? Yeah, because, well, I, I didn't finish it, so, I mean, I think I only got halfway. I, I wouldn't exactly say that it was, like, set my world on fire or, you know, uh, Making it a must buy. No, it doesn't mean it didn't finish strong. I don't know. That's why I said maybe let's let's you know get a digital or or something or so, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. get 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 the trade for the shelf. If if it's you're like you know what, yes, I enjoy that or something. Good like that. point, Rich. Look, don't get me wrong. The art is fantastic. Mm. Um, the art's pretty good, um, but I don't know. Uh, I I would probably want to finish it first before I decided to buy a, a trade. I Rich, guess what? I agree with you completely. I, I think you've hit it out of the park with that comment, man. I think you have. Little Davey got excited. You know what I mean? Got very excited, overly well, excited. People think, you know what? Zombies and Hitler does that to people. And and I'm thinking <laughs> of Bruce Campbell, and you know I love Sergeant Rock. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, again, isn't it sad that they literally cannot do anything with Sergeant Rock because they're so useless? I think that's fucking bullshit like, that they're not doing anything with Sergeant Rock. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. to have them do Like, seriously, if they would also put out some omnibuses of Sergeant Rock because I'm relying on digital issues from way back in the day. They did a few, you know, 20 years ago, and it's sad to say that's how old basically I am, but 20 years ago when they did the showcases, they put out quite a few showcases, the black and white. But, um, mm. Jesus, if they put out an omnibus of a starting of the Sergeant Rock stuff, I would be all over it, man. I'd be fucking all over it, and I couldn't care less. You know when people are like, oh, it's racially insensitive and stuff? Oh, fuck off. Like, you hit, my solution yeah. to those people is don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Isn't that the sad thing? You, you'd be like, you know what? If that's how you feel, just don't buy it. And guess what? Then it can't hurt you. Well, exactly. Like, if you're going to be offended by Sergeant Rock 
in World War Two. Maybe they go by the Sergeant Rock Omnibus. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what annoys me because I'm like, you know what, some of us are adults and I don't need you making a decision for me. I'm an adult and I can understand that things happen in a different time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't I don't get offended by uh, by you know fifty years in the past because people thought differently to me. And also at the same time, I don't need you making a decision for me. I'll decide if I want to read something or if I shouldn't read something or if it's offensive. I'll make the decision for myself, thank you. I won't have you come in and, and get something cancelled because that's how you feel about it or yeah. that's how you feel people should feel about it. I'm like, I hate that. I fucking hate that. Also, I mean, uh, you know, I just sometimes find it interesting. Like, I, I'll read Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock stories from back in the day and, you know, yes, yeah, sometimes there are caricatures, but not always, like... You know, some of the stuff surprises you kind of thing. Like, the, the, it has a bit more nuance. Sometimes it doesn't, but, I mean, these are war comics. I mean, the Sergeant Rock stuff is classic war comics. They were a staple of DC. They were, they were, they were, a, yeah. they were a banker for decades. It wasn't a short-term thing. I mean, Sergeant Rock and, and Easy Company and, and all those weird war to- uh, tales and stuff, they were still going into the early 80s. And I remember them on the shelves. By about 83, 84, you saw less of them. But certainly in the early 80s, they were a staple. You know what I mean? Like, you saw a lot of mm. war comics. It died out by the mid-80s. Um, but there was a... Sadly. There was a, yeah, sadly. And there was a few years there. What I'm trying to say is, Rich, they've got a lot of material that they could reprint. And I hope they get to it. And now that we're getting to... Finally getting to the Silver Age for Batman and Superman, I, I hope they start pumping out the but, omnibuses of the But war also, film. I kind of feel like... Um, Sometimes I also feel like, you know what, maybe also do something a bit modern with it. Like, so yeah. the losers that they did, I think they did that in Vertigo or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was like a modern, eh, kind of probably used the name, yeah. the losers. Oh, it was awesome. Losers were thing. But why don't you do like a Sergeant Rock or something and then set it in a different time? Do you know what I mean? Um, set it like now, Afghanistan or something. You know what I mean? Or make up a new, you know, it's in the DC world, so make a new world or something like You know what I mean? Like, Bring him into the modern book, like oh, Sergeant then, Rock. You, know, you mean Sergeant Rock? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Sergeant Rock. Do like a Sergeant Rock, but make it just modern, modernize it. Then don't even have to be. World oh, World you don't. Need, you There's want it like in Iraq or Afghanistan or something? Yeah. I didn't thought of that. Um. Yeah, I, I did think of that. I mean, that would be interesting. I guess. Yeah. I mean, still tell the level of 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 wacky uh, stories, and you know, I mean, I don't want it uber realistic. You know, I still want it to be fun, comic bookies, the sort of stuff like the Sergeant Rock is. But I'm okay with you saying, look, I mean, you know, it's World War Two, we're, we're a bit further removed from that. Sure, yeah. Then fine, modernize it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare it, for fuck's sake. Well, what is what is this one? Is this one, I, I don't know. It, was this one in World, it's World War Two? It's World War Two. It's, it's Hitler and, and right. okay. uh, Nazis and, and zombies and, and undead. Okay. Well, not undead, it's... Uh, the uh, uh, Evil Dead shit, I think, if I remember correctly. The Deadites, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm down. Like, I like your idea. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that because he's always in World War Two, like fighting either the Japanese or fighting um, mm-hmm. the Germans. You know, a lot. Um, Have fun with it, man. Just you've got these properties. Also, I understand some of them are stuck in the past, but you can modernize them just for shits and giggles. You're, you know what, sometimes, Rich, you surprise me. Because, you know, we always tease you, I tease you, especially that you're a bit of a fuddy-duddy. But actually, 
I sometimes think you're more open to the modernizations than me. I, I love playing in the old sandbox and, and doing sort of like a... What I would do with Sergeant Rock is I would just tell story. I would I would start off with like a mini series, like a five parter, and set it in World War Two, and just but tell it slightly more modern style, but the same kind of stuff. But I I like your pitch. I don't I don't dislike your pitch. I mean, I would almost set it in either Afghanistan or Vietnam, um, somewhere like that. Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, um. Yeah, but, like, you were the same with the Teen Titans. Like, I didn't understand why that they were in modern times, but you were sort of saying you liked that. Well, again, uh, the, yeah, because I'm okay with... I understand the characters need to be modernised, you know? I mean, that's why we've got uh, uh, Superman Man of Steel um, uh, from... Um, I like John uh, Byrne and stuff, yeah. Right, because the character couldn't, you know what I mean? He couldn't mm. come from that fucking 1950s time frame anymore. Same sure. with Batman, you know. That's why Batman's been modernized, you know. Sure. Um, and 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 stuff. I'm I'm not opposed to the modernization of. It just has to make sense, and it has to be done correct. Now, uh, you can get here. That's the fun thing about Sergeant Slaughter is he. It doesn't have to be like this ongoing thing mm. that necessarily fits into the DC universe. No, you can do World War. Sp- two stories with him you can put as you said you can even make it an older guy who, who who's now in vietnam you know what i mean he's come from world two goes to vietnam is you know because um but he's older now you know yeah. what i mean yeah, oh, yeah. So good shit. well you can either go you know what like we did with tony stark mm. right we could have his origins in uh vietnam. vietnam we've got to move it forward to um you know afghanistan middle east all that sort of shit mm. you can do the same with Sergeant Rock, because at the end of the day, it's just it's it's fun, entertaining military stories. Yeah. And military you can put anywhere. Yeah, true, true. No, you you are right. Yeah. Like it's it, to be honest, um, you could certainly do it, and I'm sort of surprised they haven't done it. You know, I yeah, get... that, that's what surprises me. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm flabbergasted. Well, you know, because the basics are there. Like, you could put a company in, like, Easy Company could easily be a company in Iraq or Afghanistan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it wouldn't... Easy. It wouldn't take... I always wonder if they've done that at some point. I feel like they must have at some point tried that at least. I can't think of them doing it, honestly. I know they've done it with some other things, but... Yeah. I, I'm i sorry, I don't remember them. I know Garth Ennis did a Unknown Soldier four-parter that I want to do on the show. We'll probably do it sooner rather than later. Oh. Oh yeah, they do. They even did that for New Fifty Two. They made it. I oh. believe. I think they made an unknown soldier for New Fifty Two. It wasn't very good, but oh. you know. Well, maybe that's the one I'm talking of. It's a Garth Ennis one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but this is what. Yeah, but this is what. Fake, this is what I find fascinating about DC and like sort of Marvel and all that, right? Yeah, they have so much property from different eras that they could really tap into. That yeah. I just. I don't know if they don't think about it or just people are just so far removed that they're like, I don't know how to write a cowboy story or, you know, I don't know how to write a World War II story because you've got all that cowboy stuff as well, man. Backlash and and all that sort of shit. Like, man, they've got a a treasure trove of fucking stuff Mm. that could just differentiate uh, from the the superhero stuff and all that. You know, that's why the Vertigo was so successful. You know what I mean? But 
all you get now from them is really just the superior stuff. And they're like, oh, we'll do Black Label, and it's just, it's a much more mature superior stuff where we have ice kill Guy yeah. Gardner by freezing yeah. his head off and shit, and you're like, that's not what we want, man. Like, no. give us the superior stuff, but give us other things as well, man. Give us some war stories. Give us some love stories. Give us some horror stories. Give us, give us the shit you used to give us. Give us, yeah, 100%. Give us some variety. And, yeah, seriously, give me a fucking Jonah Hex book because we know that Pomiati did a really good Jonah Hex for quite a period of time um, that was a lot of fun. And, yeah. And, and you know what? And these, I'll, I'll bring it, and these are the story, and these are the characters you can't break, right? Mm. So, our Dan Slot said something really stupid recently. Well, another thing. Dan, Dan Slot, yeah. Recently. He said that. Yeah, he said that all these characters that have been around for, you know, they can just go back to the way they were. And I was like, no, that's, you see, that's where you're wrong. Uh-huh. You can't break smaller characters. Do you know what I mean? Right. You could do something stupid with Blue Beetle. Yeah. And you could still retcon it later. And most people probably forget about it. Yeah. But if you do something major and fuck up with Superman or Batman, mm. it ain't going away. You know what I mean? Like, people will remember that. And 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 it, it is going to affect. Like again, I'm sorry, but the biggest mistake they did was aging up um, uh, John, and that's ruined that character. Until someone can come in and fix it, mm. he's young enough. He's a, he's an early enough character that you can still fix that character. Yeah, you've yeah. got time. But you do a bad t- a, like ten year run on Superman or something like that. Yeah, that like totally like erodes that character. Because by the way, Superman's not as popular as he used to be. Which means Sadly. that shows you already that they're not untouchable. Yeah. Like, you know, he was the number one hero for a long time. Sure. He's now dipped to sometimes four or five. <laughs> and he's, he's been challenged for, like, the number three spot a lot of the time. You can hurt yeah. these long-established characters. But stuff like your Sergeant Rocks and your Bat Lashes, you can have some fun with them. And if you don't get it right, cool. Yeah. Shelve it. Try again later. Or when someone else has got a good idea. Like, those are the guys you can have a bit more fun with because the bigger name ones are a little bit more locked in. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and, like, w- with a Superman, it's kind of like you can hurt the brand over a long period of time and it will dip. You, like, nothing's invulnerable. You can hurt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and let's face it, like, they have. You know what I mean? And and it has dipped. And partly that's a, a change in customer base as well. But it's also the treatment of the character, you know, like... Mm. Like, oh, but his attitude was is, oh, just come back in like years when they, you know, when they're not doing that anymore and everything will be right. And you're like, no, it's not because the next writer could be just as bad or do something worse. You can well, fuck it up. Marvel, like, what a stupid comment. It's a bury your head in the sand comment, basically. You know, it's it, it makes sense if you don't think about it too much kind of thing. Uh, and Marvel, mm. let's face it, I, I, I honestly think that a lot of what they're putting out is just total shit. Like, you know, and this comes from someone who, who has enjoyed a lot of Marvel. I, I, I honestly find myself so disengaged from the vast majority of the stuff they're putting out. It just, it, it really just doesn't appeal to me at all. And I almost feel like even the stuff that you would think would, uh, like, it's it's okay. You know, some of the Ghost Rider, some of the Wolverine, you know, like a few bits and pieces are okay, but like... They've really alienated me from from their offering with how heavy they've gone into sort of like I, I kind of like I would almost call it sort of childlike tween humor, you know. And I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm older. I get it. But 
and, and I don't expect it to all speak to me, but I, I just think I, I think they have hurt a lot of their brands. You know, a lot of their mid-tier titles, I, th- I really think that they've hurt um, through poor writing, poor art, poor editorial but also, choices. But also where they've also hurt their mid-tier, right, is because they won't give it a break. Yeah. Right? So you look at, like, Carol Danvers, you look at, like, Miss um, Marvel, and, and you look at all that sort of stuff. They are so desperate to prove that they're right mm. or or that the character can be salvaged that those are the characters where you could take a break. You could say, okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay, they're not – it's not popping off now. Mm. Let's just put it on the back burner. Yeah. We'll, we'll revisit it. Let's work on some other stuff, and then maybe we can fit them in somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then – we, we can try again, try from a different angle, but they refuse. So they'll cancel the book, and then the next month they'll launch a number one. Which is and so pathetic. It's like, okay, you're not helping the character, because sometimes if you let that B character or that C character just disappear for a little bit, yeah, it does almost reset people's... I agree, yeah. Um, uh, uh, ...thoughts on the character. But the fact that you keep it in their minds, they're just going to be reminded, I don't like that character, I don't like that character. It comes over as super desperate. Like, it's like the kid who's desperate to be liked. You know, he becomes annoying. Rich, so this is interesting. Um, a classic 80s anime, Fist of the North Star, which I remember, actually, is getting mm. a remake. What's going on? Yes, I was super excited about that. Um, so I read, um, so yeah, Warner Brothers Japan, basically, yeah. like, they put out a statement, and then there was, like, a... Uh, a statement also from the original author, mm. uh, uh, Bronson, uh, he said the remake will closely follow the original. Mm. So obviously that means hopefully they're just going to be doing like maybe just like really awesome fight updates, sort of like choreography and all that sort of shit, you know. So um, uh, it should still hopefully be the same story, just with better, um, better animation. Yeah, uh, Nostro is, is fucking phenomenal, man. That sounds pretty cool. Like to be honest, like. Um... I'd, I'd actually check that out, to be honest. I, I've seen a little bit of it, um, and it looked pretty cool from memory. I saw, I saw some of it back in the 90s. It was, a, it was a movie, wasn't it? Like an animated movie? Uh, no, it was a, it was an ongoing series. Oh, okay. um, I think it did have a movie. They did make a terrible live action. <laughs> no, I'm thinking uh, of like an animated... Th- I thought it was an animated movie, but maybe it was a TV animated series that I saw. Yeah, I remember. It's definitely a TV animated series, yes. Cool. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty cool. So that's coming out. That's or is it out already? It's just been announced. Obviously, that's something that's in the works. Okay. Now, uh, Mark Wade was on Word Balloon, and can I say, it, overall, in, very interesting guy. You know, sorry, very very interesting to hear his views and stuff on the DC universe and the projects, specifically the projects that he's doing. Very interesting, and he really has sold me on wanting to read this world's finest title. He's so committed to it that I'm like, I think I'm doing myself a disservice by not checking it out, you know? Um, he, he's really high on that. Although, I, you, you know my views on his Teen Titans. Now, there was a couple of things he was talking about. He, he did mention the world's finest Teen Titans, and he, he sort of said, no, it's just a six-issue. He really wants to focus on other things in the DC universe, you know, the, the normal world's finest. Uh I think, I believe he's doing a Captain Marvel Shazam series and various. He has got yes, quite a, he is doing Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah, he's got quite a few um, irons in the fire. Now, it's all about Teen Titans. This was the quote: remembering that his Teen Titans, Rich, was the classic team. Yeah, it was like the old school team. 
The the original, yeah. Yeah. Some of these characters have never really interacted before. Quote. End quote. And I was like, what? I was like, surely Marv Wolfman and George Perez did every permutation mm-hmm. on that fucking group of characters. No. What didn't they? Did, what, didn't they do no. it for years? Yes, but not the not the characters that he's using. Uh, what do you no, mean? George George Perez and and uh, and Wolfman they, that that was the new Teen Titans, and the only oh. carryover from the original Teen Titans was Nightwing. I see. Right. Like Robin. Now, know? the original Teen Titans, yes, I don't think they'd really interact. Like, what I think what he means is they didn't really interact on the level that he's writing them. You know, like how they're interacting yeah. more like sort of kids and pettiness yes. and, you know, right. pissing each other off and all this sort of stuff. Because obviously the original Titans was, you know, like that 50s, 60s where, you know, yeah. it was just the adventure of the of the week or the month, whatever. My preference. Sort of thing and all that. <laughs> So no, but yeah, he's what yeah. These Teen Titans are very different to the new Teen Titans. It's not the same. I see. Right. Okay. So he's. I see. He's taking a backhander at the original teams. Say, no, like, I don't they, think they, it's a. I don't. I would call it a backhander because back then, okay. Let's be honest. Back then, they weren't really going for nuanced, hmm. deep sort of stories. It was fun, pulpy, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fun stories. They weren't yeah, really going so, for the whole like. What makes this character tick? It's and, like Catwoman know, stole the jewel. We've got to get her. And yeah, all that kind of you stuff. know, yeah, which is great. I mean, again, I mean, you know, yeah. it has changed a bit. That's why they say, you know, comics are no longer for, you know, they're not just for kids anymore or, or, or young kids. You know, they're, they're for the adults. They're written stuff and all that. Thing. Yeah, so, I see what he's saying. Yeah, his back end. I just think he's saying what differentiates him. Well, there's another. Uh, slow down. There's another character. Yeah, I said I don't know. There's another character who's in the new Teen Titans who was in the original, Donna Troy. Thank you. There you go. Donna Troy. Am I, am I correct when I say that? I no, feel like I am. I feel you are very wrong, sir. Donna um, Troy. I remember the new Teen Titans Donna was Starfire, Raven. Donna Troy's Destroy. in that, man. I, I remember her being in that. She's in the mix in um, that. I think she comes in a bit later. Well, she comes in at some fucking points. My point, like, yeah. Um, and was she in? Was she, was Donna Troy? I think no, no. I think you are right. I think she does come in. Sorry, you. You, I think you are correct. Okay, yeah, okay. but still, I mean, that's that's still missing. Kid Flash, Speedy. Where's um, Aqualad? Is Speedy Aquaboy, is Speedy in the New Teen Titans? No, he was into the heroin by then. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was. He was to be found in a fucking dark room with a needle in his arm by that point. <laughs> yeah, he was too busy being uh, kicked out by Green Arrow in the uh, Green Arrow Green Lantern book. <laughs> my, my my stepson's a junkie. Um, yeah, okay. Well, not even stepson. My ward. No ward. He doesn't even get stepson. He's just my ward's a junkie. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, okay, whatever. Uh, Mark Wade. Oh, okay. Now I have something amusing. Now, in all fairness, I do like Mark Wade's writing quite a bit, quite a lot, actually. And I honestly feel when he's on, and when he's on a title that suits him, and I and I do believe he has a you know a fairly, I think, quite broad scope. He he can be really good, really good, uh, and not just his Kingdom Comes and Terror Babbles. Like remember, he did Irredeemable. I fucking love that. 
I thought yeah, that I thought that was incredibly good. And other stuff. Like so he's a very, very, very good writer when he's on. Um but I don't think he gets kids. And he said a comment, Rich, which made me wince. He was referring to the budding romance between Aqualad and someone, I forget who, someone else. Was it was it Wonder Girl? It was somebody. Yeah, like, Donna. Donna, yeah, okay. He goes, yeah, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're, we're building those two characters and, and their relationship. He goes, and he called it a situationship. And I was just like, oh, why did he use those words? Have you ever heard that before? Uh, yeah, I, I get, I get, I get what he's saying, but it is a bit, yeah, that's a bit cringe. I was like, when he said it, he actually kind of he he went quiet and he went, we call. He goes, yeah, yeah, they're in the middle of a situationship, and I was like, well, slow down. Like, what did you just do there? Are you a thirteen-year-old girl? Um, you you know, like I just feel with Mark Wade, like stay away from running these kids' books, man, because you are a grandma. You know, but. I, yeah, but you know what? I honestly, it's let's be honest. It's hard for any adult, yeah, to to write kids. I mean, even even yeah. Wolfman and, and Perez and all that. You know, sometimes <laughs> the dialogue you'd be like, oh, "This is you know, that's not how kids sound or teenagers sound." But can I just say something? I would still much rather write he, uh, read him writing kids than uh, Benders. Yeah, like, sure. If, yeah. If, if, if you had to put a gun to my head and said, right, you've got to read a fucking, you know, kid book, protagonist, one's written by Mark Wade and the other one's written by um, yeah. uh, Michael Bendis, I'm sorry, I will take the Mark Wade one. I feel like I've read thousands of issues of Bendis writing kids and they all sound so fucking annoying. Like, um, I well, would, okay. yeah. Here's the thing. Dialogue aside, right, at least when I'm reading the Mark Wade stuff, I feel like each character has a distinct voice. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I know when Speedy, you know, I can almost tell when it's a Speedy bubble because of what the shit that he's saying. I can tell when it's a Robin one because of how, what Robin is saying. Yeah. But when you read a Bendis one, if you just took the speech bubble. Oh, yeah. You could, you, I'm sorry, you would not know whose mouth it was coming out of because all of his characters sound exactly the fucking same. I totally agree. Yeah, no, he's, um, I mean, we've mentioned it before on the show. Like, it, it, it's almost amazing what he gets away with. You know, like, s- some of the lazy, lazy writing that he does um, is, is it's almost like, I, I honestly can't believe, you know, people aren't sort of calling you on this. And I guess some are, but, like, yeah. It, the thing with Bendis was, for the probably the first 10 years of his career, he was praised for his dialogue. And then it's really turned on him, I think, because, uh, you know, um, I, I think he was like a magician who, who everyone knows the trick, you know? They, mm-hmm. they know what's going on. Like, he, he sort of, the longer he stayed at the crease, the, the more sort of exposed he became until it was like, this is no longer charming. Like, when he was writing Ultimate Spider-Man, the early, let's say the first 50 issues... I, I loved it. I, I was really enjoying his dialogue and everything like that. But then it was like when it felt like Bendis was – at some point in his new Avengers, I suddenly realized I was just – a title that I was so invested in, I just realized he was just treading water like nobody's business. You know, like stories were barely moving all of a sudden kind of thing. It was just like mm-hmm. holding pattern. And I was I, – and, and to me – Nothing more boring in comics 
I, you know, I've come to read a comic and what I've got is holding pattern and just feels like really formulaic in the, in the worst sense, like in, in, in almost, uh, almost a very cynical sense. And, and I just hate that because then it's no longer about telling good stories. It's about just almost meeting quotas. Like Bendis to me became the guy who's like, he can write five books a month. <laughs> I, it felt like Bendis was getting paid by the word. Yeah, 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 and 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 someone who really was enjoying his work for a long time too. Like I was on the Bendis bandwagon hardcore. There was like it's it's it was quite sudden. I was like, wow, I, I can really see what this guy's doing now, and and it, he and he. I mean, if anything, he only got worse. I lost all interest, but it, it feels like he just. I mean, he, 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 he's the guy who buys his own... He believes his own hype, it feels like, mm. you know. like. But by the time he got to, say, Superman, and I read those issues, I was like, oh, no, no, please no. You know, I was just like, this is fucking awful. Like, terrible, really, to me, you know? By that mm -hmm. point, by that point, it was like... Because I, I hadn't really... I, I'd, I'd wean myself off Bendis because I was... Because, you know what? I, at the end of the day, he's got a career, like, you know, good for him. You know, he's done well. Um, but like I checked back in on the Superman stuff and I was just like, no, no, thank you. And I think, I know, I think I'm pretty forgiving a lot of the time. Like I think guys can put a 6.5 comic out there now and I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Cause I know a lot of comics are 6.5 out of 10 over history. Plenty of, plenty mm. of, uh, plenty of comics come out that I read from years past where I'm like, yeah, that was fun. It was good. It was 6.5, 6 maybe close to a seven, but not a seven. Fine. Next issue. That's a lot of comics over the years. But um, when I'm reading his, a lot of his Superman stuff, I was like, man, this is awful. You know, this is this is not worth... And they're charging, you know, eight, nine bucks. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, I'm like, God, I would never pay that in a million years. I, I'd feel yeah. so ripped off. So, yeah. No, no, I agree with you. If I, if I had a gun to my head and I had to choose between Mark Wade and Bendis writing a teen book... I would pick Wade. The thing with Wade is I actually think what lets him down is the dialogue of the teens. It's not what he's doing with them. It's like it's almost like he needs to, to hire someone to write the dialogue because it does come across as very much like Grandpa trying to talk like the kids, you know? What, yeah, of course. What but I feel like that with so many writers, though. Like I, True. As someone who's read a lot of like teen books and all that, it's kind of par for the course when when it comes yeah. to adults writing teens. I'm afraid there's some people that get it, but it's very few. I bet back in Marvel Wolfman's day was there a little like that's aces <laughs> stuff like that. Was there a little like, that kind of stuff? Oh, well, in my, back in the Marvel Wolfman, you'd be like, you know, one of them be like, look at this jive, and you'd be like, fuck <laughs> this jive talking. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the fucking sixteen year olds are not like walking around again, like you know, like. Look at this job, mother. And it's like, it's kind of what you've seen on the TV shows. And so you go like, that's what it must be like. Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. It's like they hop on the subway. There's the guy with the mo mohawks on there. You know, like that was like the old staple you always used to see. You remember the mohawk yeah. guys? Like, I mean, that, that's what I said to Alicia that because we were watching, um, we've been watching um, A Highway to Heaven. Uh, Jesus, because Michael after, after, yeah. Yeah, because after that discussion last week, I thought to myself, you know what, I am, I do kind of miss a bit more conservative TV because there's really nothing on now. <laughs> um, 
and stuff. And and as much as it is about an angel, whatever, it's not like very preachy. It's more just like be a good motherfucker. You know. What oh, I, mean? I, like, I watched many episodes you know, of Highway to Heaven back in the eighties. Yeah. So and and we actually really enjoyed it. But again, how the bad people act, you go. It just that doesn't happen in real life. No. But right, I think yeah. we've watched. People have watched so much TV. Yeah. And read so much that I think that's how they believe that bad people act in the real world. Yeah. Like if someone's a dick or someone's sexist, that's how they act. And that's what women are dealing with. Or that's what black. And I'm like, but it's really not like, this is a caricature. It's a, yeah. it's an overaction of just to get you, because you've only got a set amount of time for you to identify. That's the dickhead. Yeah. Uh, 100%. That's the bad guy. So of course they're going to do something that really stands out as like, wow, this guy's a real piece of work. But that's not real. It's like that's not reality, and and that's the problem with these, as you say, with the data with the teens. They've seen other shows and comics where that's how kids are written or they talk, and so they just go, "That's how they are. That's how they sound." And it's like, well, no, they don't, because again, I've got eight nieces and nephews. That's not what they sound like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there was a really, f- yeah, I totally agree with you, Rich. And by the way, uh, I, I want to say Michael Langdon, um, huge fan of his Bonanza. Which was all reruns, obviously. A little house on the prairie. I, I was shocked. Him and Victor French worked together on this, uh, the house on the prairie, and Bonanza. Do you know they both died in their fifties? I knew Michael Angie did. He got cancer. Um, well, yeah, Michael, Victor French yeah. died also at like fifty-eight or something like that. Mm. Um, who is Victor French? Remind me. Well, it, uh, in uh, Highway. Heaven is the is the ex cop with the beard. Oh the yeah, he's his mate. He's his mate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I used to like that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. but he was also in uh, Little House on the Prairie. He was also in um, uh, Bonanza with with young Michael Landon and all that. So apparently the two of them just got on really well. And well, Michael Landon him in shit. Michael Langdon produced Little House on the Prairie and Highway to Heaven. They were, they were his shows, so he would have picked and chose who he wanted. You know? Well, he actually wrote Highway to Heaven yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, he didn't yeah. just produce, he wrote Highway to he, Heaven. He was a really big and successful star. To be, to be fair, I... Oh, sorry, if anyone's interested, there's a free uh, thing called Tubi, T-U-B-I. Yeah, yeah. It has Highway to Heaven and Bonanza on it. Oh, does it have Bonanza? It's, it's, it's got Bonanza too, buddy. Oh, yeah. I've got the first couple of seasons. I mean, I love Bonanza. I'll be honest. I, I, I was talking about this with Chuck Dixon once, and he was like, yeah, there's a few too many issues where the women come in and try to marry the Cartwright brothers. And I'm like, yeah, there is. But it's also was a, it like, it was a different time. You know, that that was on on a Sunday. No, I was going to say, no difference than fucking Lois Lane wanting to always marry Superman and come in and call shit, so. Yeah, but, like, what I'm trying to say is it was a different time. Like, shows like Bonanza which we caught in reruns because I think it went through to sometime in the 70s, you know, from what it didn't, mm. ha- didn't it have like 20 seasons or something. It had a lot of seasons, like, you know, at least at least 10. Like, but it was also a bit of a comedy as well. It was fun. I, I loved it. But what I'm trying to say is that was the kind of show that at least where I was grow up, that was, that was on repeats all the time, like either at midday uh, usually at midday kind of thing. So it was in a dead time period, but if you were off from school or it was school holidays and one episode felt much like another episode, you know what I mean? It was it was just part of the furniture and you grew to enjoy the characters without necessarily like 
really getting super invested in what was going on. It was just, it was really its own thing. There was a lot to like him in Anza, is what I'm trying to say. And I, I always enjoyed it. It had a great song. And, and I mean, who couldn't like, not just Michael Langdon, um, the main guy, you know, um, whatever his name was, you know, the guy from, he did, later on he did the animal stuff, you know, the banana, he was in Battlestar Galactica and everything, the old guy, the father. Um, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. I know you're talking you about the guy. The name. guy. He he was a great, you know. And then you had um the big fat guy, Blocker, you know, Dan Blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was a great fucking show. And then later on, in as the years went on, Michael Langdon went to Little House on the Prairie, which was still screening in the early '80s, and I remember it well. And that was a Saturday night show. That was actually a big show. You know what I mean? Like, that was actually current. And then when he wrapped that, he went on to Highway to Heaven, which I remember well was a Friday night show where I was when, when I was growing up, and it came on after another big show. It was a bit later, but, like, you know, you're a kid. Like, it's not like you're going out clubbing. You know what I mean? Like, you, you would watch that, and then that would be on, like, at, say, 9.30, and you would watch it. And I caught a lot of episodes of Highway to Heaven back in the day, and, I mean, I'm certainly not religious, mm. but it was a decent show, you know. Um, oh, again, we, we're about six six episodes in, and we are just, we are having a ball. So that's on Tubi, did you say? Tubi, yeah. Oh, well, well I just the other day, I, I, I do go on Tubi every now and then, and just the other day after you mentioned it, I put it on back on my computer to watch, um, but I didn't know Bonanza was on there because Bonanza is something I could lose myself in because I, I I love all those old shows, you know. I I, I think that mm-hmm. um, I think they're they're a lot of fun. Like, but Michael Langdon, I was really upset when he died because he he got cancer and and you know it was a really people forget he was a big big star in the eighties. Like he was he because he he had mm. had all those shows back to back. So generations had grown up with his shows, you know what I mean? And, like, when he passed away, it was really sad. I, I remember it well, actually. Um, yeah, but he, he was a good... He was, a, he was good at what he did, you know? He was, he, was, he was very young in Bonanza. He was the young brother, wasn't he? He was the youngest. Correct, yeah. And then by Highway to Heaven, he was definitely in his 40s, if not 50s, and he had the... I used to like his mate as well. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good show. Good, good to see, Rich. That you're revisiting the classics, there, man. Um, I'm loving it, man. It's so much better. I'm sorry. I mean, again, I know I sound like an old fucking fart, but she, even my girlfriend, again, she's a bit younger than me, but she loves. She's she's thoroughly enjoyed it. She never watches her stuff. And she's like, wow. It's just can we watch more? It's like, it's, I don't know. It's just it hits different. Yeah, it was a look. It was a good show. Like I, I watched. A lot of episodes of it, and and I'm not religious, you know, but it, it was a good formulaic show. It it was entertaining. I mean, it was it was a reason. There was a reason it was a big hit. You know what I mean? Like it it was a big hit at the in in the day. I mean, he he was one of those guys who just went from one hit show to the next, and he was smart because he was a producer. After Bonanza, he he produced all those shows. You know, um, Bonanza was the one that made him a big star, and then he took that to Little House on the Prairie, and Little House on the Prairie was a massive show in its peak. You know, that was one of the probably one of the biggest shows on TV, I reckon, in, in the States during its height of its run. It drew big numbers. That was a, in Australia, that was a Saturday night show, which was actually a big time slot. You know what I mean? Like in that sort of 7.30 mm. to 8.30 region. And yeah, it was, it was a 
like a lot of people grew up watching that, you know? Um, so, yeah, no, interesting stuff. Good yeah, I, I, oddly enough, I did, but then I never, I, for some reason, I don't remember it. Uh, well, and now that I'm watching it, I am remembering it. But it was one of those shows where I may have been a bit too younger where I remember watching it, but I don't remember it. Well, you're a, bit, like, you're a few years younger than me, aren't you? So yeah. it was like when I was about 10, okay, or younger, but, you know, in that age range, it was just on a lot. It was just it, – because it had a long run. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like one or two seasons. It probably ran for about eight – It was five. Five seasons, okay. But it was five seasons and it was big, you know, and so it pretty much, I, I just remember it was just on Saturday night. It was one of those shows that, you know, if you're eating your dinner, you'd often be watching the show. You know what I mean? And like, similar to, I'll give you like a couple of years after that, Murder, She Wrote, same sort of thing. I caught a lot of episodes of mm. Murder, She Wrote. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I thought it was the greatest show of all time, but it ticked the bases. Everyone watched it. It felt like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, you know, I'm talking like straight down the line, mainstream viewers, a lot of people watch that. Similar audience base, you know, um, mm -hmm. just a very mainstream show that a lot of people watch that it was at that 7.30 to 8.30 mark. And I mean, Murder, She Wrote ran for ages, you know, ages and ages. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, I just feel like I want to spend my time watching Old MacGyver, A-Team, sure. like, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, it's, it's, it's just so much fun when they really just wanted it, like, sure, did they have, like, messages and they wanted, but they also just wanted to entertain you. Like, foremost, they wanted to entertain you, and then hopefully maybe teach you something or have you take something away from it, but the number one goal was to make sure you were entertained first. 100%, man, 100%. Now, some interesting news. There's a Priscilla Presley biopic, which will not include any Elvis music. I mean... I know, I saw that, and I was like, I had to put that in the news for you, just in case you were going to watch it. Well, uh, you know, what, you know, Priscilla, I mean, come on. Like, Jesus Christ. I like Priscilla Presley, but, like, do we need a biopic of Priscilla Presley? Like... Well, we have one of Elvis, so, you know, we have to. Got to tell both sides of that story, buddy. But what? Well, like what? The years after he dies is is her sort of managing the estate quite successfully. Is that is that what it's going to be? Like no, it's uh, I believe it's <laughs> meeting him and like married and what she was doing while he was off gallivanting, you know, uh, right. pop stopping and so uh, dumping, you know. Sophia Coppola, who I do like as a filmmaker, is doing it. Um, mm. Why no Elvis though? Why no Elvis music? I guess because it's uh, maybe it's like it's her movie. I guess maybe they're like, look, we don't want you know, we don't want it to feel like an Elvis movie. They're saying it. Okay, all right. Well, who's playing Elvis? Jake, Jesus, all right. Someone who does not look like Elvis is playing Elvis. Um, Jake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they barely have like any shots of like Elvis. You just kind of see him from like the back of the head or something like that. Like <laughs> that is crazy. This is weird, man. Um, yeah, look, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I do admire Priscilla Presley, actually, you know, in terms of she did a very good job um, after he died of managing the estate. You know what I mean? It wasn't easy. Elvis was almost bankrupt when he died. You know what I mean? He, he was surrounded by, mm. I mean, sadly, I hate to say it, he was surrounded by leeches, you know, who were leeching off him. 
He was surrounded by yes men and thieves. The Memphis, the Memphis Mafia, as they were called. And look, some were a lot more guilty than others. You know, I'm not, I'm not casting. Elvis was a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Saying... Right. Some people there were, for, some people were there for the free ride, and the others were there to rob him blind. <laughs> I think there were probably a couple there who were genuinely friends, but unfortunately, when your friend is paying all the bills, you know, and he's the source of all the income. It's kind of like, and you're living in the lap of luxury. You know what I mean? Like, you'll do anything to keep the party rolling. It's a, yeah, look, anyway, look, I mean, I watch it. I like Sophia Coppola um, as a filmmaker. I've always found her films at least interesting, and some of them I've really loved. Uh, yeah, I could see a story there. I mean, it's a weird story. She was only 13 or 14 or something when, when they met, I think. I think she was very young. Um, very, I'm not sure exactly what age she was, but she was young. And I don't know if this is true. I, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I had a girlfriend who was a really big Elvis fan, um, bigger than me at the time. I was a big Elvis fan, but she, but she was really into Elvis actually. And I remember she told me that after she had Lisa Marie, he never had sex with her ever again. Because he felt like you shouldn't, it was tied into mummy issues or something. You know what I mean? I, look, whether that's true or not, I I, ha- I have no idea. Like, but it was sort of tied into Elvis's issues with his mother. Like, he didn't feel the mother should be basically fucked. Uh, now, whether or not that is true, that was one person who told me that story. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, you know, and we do know Elvis obviously had strings of lovers. You know, I'm sure during their marriage, definitely after, um, they were separated by the end, definitely. I mean, he had Sybil Shepherd, for example, was one of his last girlfriends, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Interesting, yeah, I look, honest, and also Sofia Coppola's films are often, uh, they're often um, sort of character studies uh, over technically a short period of time and thinking about Lost in Translation and others. That you, do you know what I mean? They're often snapshots mm. rather than, well, you, we saw Elvis recently. I really enjoyed it. Um, that covered technically, what, 20 years, Rich, if not more? What, from mid-50s to the 70s? So 20-something years, yeah? Do you remember it rolled along? At, minimum, at least, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, But it, it covered, now it, it definitely glossed over some stuff, but it covered time passing. Whereas Sofia Coppola movies, they it, it wouldn't surprise me if this is a small period of time that it captures. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know. Do we? How much do we think, know well, about Put this? it this way, it's... Uh, um... It's definitely going to. It's definitely going to cover the courtship, mm. and it's definitely going to cover the breakup. Okay. I would say that's that would be that could also be like the start and the end of it. Like, I don't know if it'll go further past that. I don't know if it's going to go into her like oh before Elvis life story shit. I would imagine it's going to be, you know, the 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 courtship getting swept off her feet, and mm. then the the the, the degradation. Mm. The pills, the whores, the hangers-on, etc. Mm. Uh, now it's out. So it's premiered at, um, uh, if not Cannes Film Festival, at a film festival in Europe. Uh, the New York Film Festival, October 6th. 
it, yeah, in Venice Film Festival, it premiered it on September 4. So it's just out. It's got a high Metacritic score. Um, 94% of 35 critics review a positive. Metacritic, which uses a weighted average, assigned the film a score of 84 out of 100, which is high, indicating universal acclaim. Uh, BBC's Culture's Nicholas Barber found an understated, non-judgmental portrait of Priscilla which was in stark contrast to the tone of Baz Luhrmann's telling of us a story. Who, I don't even remember who played Priscilla. Who was it? Was it? Oh, like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I, I, no one that I know will recognise that. I, I really like that movie. I, I'd watch that movie again. You didn't like it as much as me, did you? Uh, it was fine. I think I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, you know... Um, Look, I mean, do you remember before it? I was really kind of like, it was. It, look, I I think if I had more thought of it, it was a Baz Luhrmann movie. It was a very Baz Luhrmann movie, you know. Um, but I I think given I don't know I I, I think he did it a pretty good service. I, I I think he did a pretty good job with that, you know. Like I mean, it's I feel like it's a um. I mean, what I did kind of like about it is that it's. I thought Baz Luhrmann was pretty good for it because it feels like a um, a myth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things where it's got half truths and and embellishments and stuff and all that, which is good. I I think a, a a movie about Elvis I think should have a little bit of yeah mythology in it. You know what I mean? Uh, like at the start where it's like it's having like an out of body experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the church and all that. I think, you know what? I mean, he's such a larger-than-life character. He's exactly. literally called the king of rock and roll. Yep. I, I think there should be some myth and spectacle 100%. in his yeah. story. And I think Baz was probably, you know, considering that he does a lot of bit more like musicals and, and stuff and all that, he probably was the best person for the job. And, again, I did enjoy it. I mean, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed spending the money, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd, I, it, it's a kind of movie I'd happily watch again. You know, I just, I, I really kind of, yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be one of those movies which I'll go back to because, because I certainly was worried about it. I, I, I thought they really could have done a, a disservice to Elvis, but I, I thought, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, now, the Writers Guild has agreed to a three-year contract ending the four-month strike. No info on what the contract will will include will be released until ratified by the Guild members. Um, there is... A lot of apparently it's quite a favorable deal to the writers. There's a lot of stuff about AI. Um, there seem to be a lot of people recently happy with it. Actually, it, it, apparently it's a stronger deal than a lot of people were anticipating. So yeah, I mean this is why they striked Rich because they 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 had a really bad deal and now they've got a much more favorable deal. See this is this is why the comic book people should have unionized so long ago. Like because look at the power of this strike. They went from a very weak position now to now they've suddenly got a deal where I've seen a lot of writers over the last week cautiously optimistic about the terms. There's a lot of stuff about showrunners um, and a lot about uh, TV writers getting much a much fairer shake. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, however, SAG has just voted to authorise a strike of video game actors, apparently. <laughs> and I don't think the Actors Guild... Yet has um, they're still on strike because the actors are also on strike. So at least I haven't checked the news today. So unless something changed 
like overnight yeah. that I'm not. Oh, that's it. definitely not affecting indie games. No. no. Their games don't or anything even have any voice acting or barely any voice acting. So sure. I mean, the, the voice acting only really affects your AAA fucking game. I was going to say, uh, yeah. But on top of that, there's a lot of non-union voice actors. In That's fact, true. there's a lot of non-union voice actors that get used in in a lot of video games. So yeah, be careful. I mean, this might be a thing of like, hey, we're on a roll, let's go. And it's like, oh, hang on, that's not the same industry. <laughs> that's not the. It's you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite the same. Um, yeah. Again, I believe everyone should be looked after. But again, I've always said and I've always maintained, you need to make sure that you are coming from. Um, strength, a position, uh, a, a place of, of yeah of, of strength, and that you that you can't easily be replaced. I know. Um, well, that's why the strike worked with the writers because they effectively shut down well, Hollywood. Yeah, let's see. I mean, we haven't seen exactly what the deal is and what they are compromising on or anything like that. Well, so. I, I have seen some details come out. There's a lot of stuff about like at least what I saw. A lot of stuff about um, writers on shows and rules about writers on shows and. Um, basically getting more access so that they can get uh, more experience and, and better pay to become showrunners themselves. It's a lot, it's a lot of that kind of stuff like it, that, that I saw. It's a lot of stuff relating to... And there's also a huge AI component as well because um, they were so worried about that. So that that was addressed. How well it was addressed, yes, that will all shake out. We don't know. I mean, no deal's ever perfect. You'll never get everything you want, but I think that they, they, were, they had such a bad deal that I think it's a lot more favourable. It's more favourable. I was reading Variety, Hollywood Reporter. It was more favourable than was expected, put it that way. You know? Mm. Um, so we'll see. Now, sad news, uh, David McCallum um, from Man of Uncle and also from Michelle's favourite show, NCIS, Ducky, has died 90 years old. Yes. Well, I didn't know he was 90. I, I, I've never watched Man from Uncle in my life, but I'm very familiar with Ducky from NCIS and I'm sad to, to hear this news. Um, he was a good actor. Yeah. Uh, very, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, I didn't know he was 90 and God bless him. I remember, I mean, 10 years ago, probably he, he stayed in the show, but he definitely took a reduced role and they wrote it into the show that he was kind of more of a consultant than just the normal coroner guy. And, and I mean, clearly it was probably because the guy was getting older, but he still turned up and would play a little part each episode, you know, much more reduced, but he kept going and, you know, he's kept working until he was 90. Like, God bless him, you know? It's a lot better than most people. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, he was earning good money, I bet, man. He was probably enjoying it, you know? Um, NCIS, one of the biggest shows on TV, you know? Um, mm. Sad to see. And now you've got here your news about, we've already mentioned the guy from Harry Potter, the Dumbledore curse struck again, Rich. <laughs> the curse, yeah, the, the late curse, the curse that comes at your at the final stage of your life. No, well, the, the Reaper turns up and he goes, "The curse has struck again," and you're like, he's like, "Well, I'm 88." He's like, "He'd be like, thank God, I've been waiting for you yeah, to come." I've been, I've been, the last three years have been torture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my kids and grandkids circling my estate, waiting for me to die. Um, sad news: Bruce Willis's health is so bad he may not be aware of what is going on around him. When asked by the Today Show if Willis is aware of his condition, his wife Emma said it's hard to know. I mean, the guy is struggling with severe dementia. Yeah, I mean, it's not is, good. That is it's, terrible. It, it, it is sad. Um, what was also sad is, I assume this is Michael Kellershin put this in the news, um, he really went after Martin Scorsese uh, 
who, as we well, all... Also sounds like he's going after you a little bit, Dave. Yeah, he took a few shots at me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, will, I will give the quote. Now, I want to, before I even give this quote, I, I don't actually think Scorsese is that wrong in a sense, okay? Like in what he's saying. Now, I haven't actually read the full quote. Um, this was the quote. He's talking about um, he's attacking comic book movies again. Clearly, Scorsese doesn't like comic book movies. He says, the danger is what they're doing to our culture because there is going to be generations now that think that movies are only those. That's what movies are. Um and then apparently, and this is where I would sort of rub my eyes a bit, he, he called upon other filmmakers like Christopher Nolan to make a stand against comic book movies, apparently forgetting that Batman films made Nolan's career, which is true. But, I, I mean, Scorsese, I don't think he's wrong in, in a sense. Like, what the blockbusters, they, they always say Jaws was the one that started the blockbuster mentality that we have come to know. The, the 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 one that we've come to know that turned into Star Wars, that turned into everything else in the 90s, your Independence Days and stuff, and has now become the comic book movies for the last, like, what, 20 years, roughly. Um, mm. Now, what I think has happened, in my opinion, is in the 80s and 90s and stuff, there was still a lot of other stuff coming to cinemas that was making decent money that isn't happening so much anymore at all. And uh, I don't think he's wrong, uh, but, I mean, is it anyone's fault? I'm not even sure. It's it's a changing marketplace, and that this is what people want to see. So, I don't know. Um, but, you know what look, do you think? Uh, he, okay, he's not wrong in the sense that, is it changing culture? Of course it is. If, like I'm not like, culture changes. We culture isn't True. stagnant. Like yeah. there's or cinema always comes along and changes the uh, your culture. I mean, you know, for a long time we we were into westerns, like a oh, fucking western off the western. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sure that changed the culture. And then when people got disillusioned with the government and with uh, America, and then they started making movies that tapped into that, that changed the culture too. Mm. You know what I mean? People started watching that. They started feeling like, yes, I should trust the government. Yes, it is all shit and, you know, and da, da, da. And I do believe a lot of those movies have also changed us for the worse in terms of it's not that they're wrong, but they have helped make us more bitter and more pessimistic, mm-hmm. right? Not that they're meant to do that, but that is what, it's what entertainment does. Like, it does, it influences us, it shapes us, you know? Are you talking about movies the, the like all the, pre- are... all the President's Men and stuff like that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cartoons I watch, they, they influence me, they shape me. Music I listen to shapes me and all that sort of shit, you know what I mean? Like, to say that, like, that it's changing, well, of course it is. I, but I do feel like there's a bit of part of him that is very upset that it's making so much more money. Mm. Um, and yes, it is hurting those smaller movies now because people are like now only really going for the blockbusters. Yeah. You know, and now companies, studios are now going, well, if we don't make $750 million, it's a colossal waste of time and a failure of a movie Mm. because they've had such success with those, with, with those movies, but stop doing that. Stop making expensive movies. Not every movie. If you're going to make a blockbuster, then sure, okay, you can spend a bit of money on it and take a gamble. But start. We discussed this the other the other day. Start making smaller movies. Mm. 
if you want people to go back to the movies, they can't just keep going back for the blockbuster. They need to go back for the the rom com, the drama, the you know the the um, biopic. They they need we need more of these movies that don't cost a hell of a lot to make it that you can kind of pump them out a little bit quicker. You know what I mean? Um, so that you encourage people to keep going back. Oh, we got another movie's going. Oh, let's go watch that movie because that's what happened. You should go to the movies more often because there was always a new movie. Like, yeah, like out, out, out. I, you know, I look at movies now and just like fuck, let's fuck all I want to watch. And yeah. and it's the same movies almost for like two months mm. in the movies with nothing new coming out. Like, he, he's he's not wrong, but he's also wrong. You know what I mean? Like. I understand what he's saying, and he's got points, but I do feel like he's also masking his oh, there, points because there, he's angry, and he is a little bit bitter. I there's think definitely an element. There's definitely an element of old man shouting at the cloud. Like even even though I mean he's not wrong in a sense. He's he's spotting a cultural shift, and he's also saying a lot of kids today, uh, it's just Marvel movies. But you know, like a lot of kids at the oh, no, age—that's that's like bitching about TikTok. Like, I'm yeah, sorry, yes, yeah. it's changing the kids. Nothing but, you can do about but, it. But here's another facet: in the '80s, I didn't care about Martin Scorsese. You know, like it was. <laughs> you know, like like honestly, I was. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah. saying. Like I like Goodfellas came out in the '80s. I didn't catch that until like the '90s when I when I got it mm. when I grew up a little bit, and suddenly I'm like 18 and I'm starting to watch. The classics, and certainly, as soon as I started watching his movies, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking powerful stuff." But if you'd shown me some of that stuff at twelve, I, you know, it wouldn't have, you know what I mean? It, it, it wouldn't have caught me. I cared about like seriously things like Star Wars, ET, Goonies, Ghostbusters, like honestly, mm-hmm. Rambo, like that's the kind of shit that I cared about. Terminator, um, and then you know, so kids are kids essentially like i mean how many kids are like fuck i need to see the aviator you know what i mean like that's it's a little bit <laughs> older you know what i mean like it's like the irishman I, i've still not finished it. it it seemed interesting but it's not something that like a very young audience is going to care about that's something to me scorsese is the guy it, when you get to the later part of high school you know, going into college and you're interested in that kind of stuff, you'll eat his movies up. He's right in that zone, you know? But mm. a bit younger, not so much. Like, I never forget this. I'll never forget this. At uh, school, one time, let's say we're 14, okay? And as I said, I was pr- pretty much action sci-fi, okay? I, I, I seriously didn't watch that many serious movies. They put on Deer Hunter. I, honestly, the, the class was almost... It was a mixture of absolute boredom and just like, what the fuck? It was just the wrong movie for the class. You know, that is not that is not a movie for a young, bored classroom to sit through two and a half hours of one of the most depressing fucking movies I've ever, ever seen. Now, I wouldn't mind re-watching it, but it was just not the right... Do you know what I mean? You've got to know your audience. And I, I sort of... Scorsese is complaining... Because the adult audience has also drifted away from going to see his movies in cinemas. Mm. You know, that's the other thing. Like, it's, it's, we're but, sort of like, we'll watch it on, at but, fucking streaming. But you've also done that to yourself because was for quite a few years now, you've had people like Scorsese, um, De Niro, mm. the media, and all this sort of stuff literally tell you how shit the world is and how bad it is that you almost don't, you don't, you just want to go watch a fucking movie where you shoot your brain off, like, 
You know what I mean? It's like people are dealing with so much more shit now and, and it keeps harping on about how bad it is and how serious it is that you almost be like, well, I don't want anything to bring me down. I want to go spend my money in the movie. I just want to go watch a, a fun Marvel movie or yeah. superhero movie. So it's a lot of factors, man. He's just, again, I, he, I, I, I agree with his assessments, not necessarily his um, thesis on why or well, that it's a bad thing, I, or that it's... I, I think it's more financial. Like, I mean, I get your point, but that's Scorsese movies. I mean, he, it is the seamier side of life. Like, Departed, you know, fucking every single fucking Scorsese movie. Yeah. That's what he does. Most of his movies don't exactly have happy endings, is my point. Like, they're not there to make you feel good. Yeah, and, and that's fine. That's his genre. But my point yeah. is this. I, I, I think it's more financial. I, I think, frankly... A lot of it is to do with Scorsese movies don't necessarily, you don't necessarily, if I watch Taxi Driver at home or fucking many of his fucking movies, you know, or, you know, on a big screen at home or I watch it in the cinema, it's not really that different an experience. You know what I mean? They're the departed. Like, that's what I'm trying to sort of say. I think the financial thing has shifted a bit. Like, the market paradigm has shifted a bit. Scorsese, I mean, look, Scorsese's massively old now. Like, let's say he's got another five years of decent films in him. And let's say he's got three more movies. I believe he wants to make one more before he retires. This Fine. Said. Okay. But, but let him. I mean, the, he's fucking earned it. My point is, I think, I thought The Irishman was actually a good idea. Because they gave him all the money he wanted. They gave him all the time he wanted. You know, they gave him everything. Netflix. They basically opened the checkbook. The coup was to get Scorsese. He gave them a fucking four and a half hour thing, which is actually pretty good, but it's also extremely fucking long. Now, you could never watch that in a movie cinema. You know what I mean? Like, you, you or you couldn't expect a massive audience to sit through four and a half hours. You know, oh, uh, a bit of a just a quick tangent. I actually read somewhere that apparently um, uh, Depeche didn't even want to do the movie. Yeah, he, uh, no, that's true. He, he had to be dragged kicking and screaming because he's retired. He's Joe Pesci is one hundred percent retired. He had to be dragged kicking and screaming for that, and the movie before that that he did like ten years ago. He's been retired, like full on, doesn't want to do any more. For a long time, yeah, he had to be, yeah, Drake kicking and screaming. To I've heard that as well. I, I think that's quite true. You know, he's just like, um, which is fine. Uh, he still did it, so I assume the the money in the end, you know, pushed him. But no, that's been a long-standing thing with Joe Pesci. It'll be interesting to see when they do Lethal Weapon. Um, it, with that with Mel Gibson directing, I assume he'll probably turn up for that. You know, um, I hope so. I, I hope so too. I love Joe Pesci, so yeah. No, but he, that's more Joe Pesci, just flat out retired. You know, he's just like, I, I don't think, I, I think from all reports, he, he was just like, I've had enough of this shit, you know? <laughs> uh, actually, no. What? Um, it, it actually had to do with more, um, so apparently Pesci is a little bit more um, conservative. Right. And uh, I believe him and De Niro weren't seeing eye to eye. Oh, really? Uh, because while he's in like a man, he wasn't a Trump, so he kind of thought that De Niro was being a bit um, like psychotic about it. Right. Okay. Um, and he was like, he wasn't like, he was like, uh, he didn't want to do the movie, but um, he, his friends and other kind of looking at as Martin Scorsese, you know, he's yeah. going to be retiring soon, he'll be dead soon. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to do it. And so he kind of did it and he goes, but it was a very weird experience, he said. 
Um, mm. But yeah, he, he literally was not going to do it because of how deranged the era had been wow. <laughs> for the last like year or two with the Trump shit and all that. So, yeah. Well, I think De Niro really drunk the Kool-Aid, you know, on the anti-Trump stuff. So, um, Bidenomics, KO sliced alone in the worst weekend for box office all year. Expendables 4 flopped oh, yeah, hard. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Apparently Sly's not in it that much either, I heard. Um, which is so they're trying to, I believe this movie is, is like a passing of the torch because they're going to make Jason Satan's character the main character now going forward. Okay. Or the leader or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, Which I, th- I always thought they were going to do, let's be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like this was Sly, Sly wanting to get a, a franchise going that obviously he would helm. And the, if you have Jason Statham as your number two guy in the movie, I think the plan is always to make him the... Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, he was like the right, the yeah. right, the rising star, wasn't he? Like when they when they did the the first movie, Jason Statham. Oh, yeah, was really... I mean, people are even excited to see the Meg too, and I'm just like, why? Like, I enjoyed the first Meg, but I'm like, I don't know if I need a second Meg. <laughs> Michelle was just saying she wants to watch Meg too, literally tonight. So she's yeah. one of those people. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Michelle's top ten was all pink. So there you go. <laughs> all she, pink. Yeah. <laughs> She said, I think she said, uh, Pink, who was it? Pink, Katy Perry, and Lady Gaga. There you go. <laughs> it was like, That's hilarious. Yeah, I was just like, oh, God. And, and I know the music she plays, it is all pink, fucking all the time. So, <laughs> like, Katy Perry does get on a bit, but, like, he, only when Pink's taking a well-earned fucking break. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's that's funny. That's, it that's is hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Paul Schreider. So it's, so it's pink or pink adjacent. Exactly. Yeah, it's mostly just pink, and then occasionally it's it's, it's like one of Pink's understudies. Um, Paul Schreider, writer of Taxi, um, Driver. Uh, I was like, it's it's not Taxi, the fucking sitcom, Taxi Driver. Says he doesn't understand why Robert De Niro is returning as Travis Bickle in an upcoming Uber ad campaign. Um, Michael Kellish was taking a few shots. Um, apparently there is a deal to do a commercial, but not as Travis Bickle. He won't even say you're talking to me. That's a shame. I would have hoped he would have said that, you know? Wouldn't, wouldn't you, Rich? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm can Look, I, I, I don't. I, I understand. I get it. I, I if you want to make a, a an ad that sort of pokes fun or yeah. is a homage to taxi or that, I'm good. But I'm almost like, do I really want to see an old fucking you know, like a taxi ad for Uber? Like, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't care. I mean, he's huge. Why not? Like, I mean, I is he... he's not playing Travis. I mean, the other thing, I guess that it, I guess it's like. I thought maybe he'll be a passenger and someone will be cosplaying like Travis, I guess, yeah, maybe, or that would make more sense doing the Travis thing. And he'll probably, and then that Travis person will turn around and say, You're talking to me or something like that. But it's still kind of cringy a little bit. I'm it is cringy, honest. but this is this is ads, man. Come on, uh, you know, like the thing is, Robert De Niro is a lot older and heavier than he was when he was in Taxi Driver. Like, I mean, seriously, dude, it was like 1970, fucking what, seven or something. Um, it's actually one of my all-time favorite. It, it seriously is one of my all-time favorite movies. Taxi Driver. I fucking love that movie. I can watch that. That and Dog Day Afternoon. I I, I just hold in such high regard. Um, but um, I could see someone 
you know, essentially cosplaying or impersonating because it's a look. You know, you get the shaved head going, you get like the you, the army jacket on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, also, his friend, the comedian, you know, that Jewish guy, the balding guy with the big nose in the cafe. I don't know if he's still alive. You know, he was one of the taxi, you know, drivers in the in the cafe, like his friend yeah. and stuff. You know, the guy. Um, is he alive? Could he be in the cab as well, Rich? What? Where are we on that guy? Do we know? I like how you always cross me like, <laughs> like I've got a folder here with all the fucking information or like a USB thumb drive. Like, yeah, hang on, hang on. Let me just pull up that information that I acquired from. A... I'm like, it's just such a random fucking thing I'm, that you pull out of I'm, nowhere. I'm, 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 I'm debating this guy. The guy we don't know. All we know so far is the Jewish guy, frizzy hair, balding. I'm sure fully bald now. A very big snout on him. Um. And I'm looking at IMDb. I'm not seeing him, but he was there. You know the guy I'm talking about, Rich. Yeah, yeah, I know the guy, but I'm just like, what a random question to ask Could me. Like, do you know what's happening? I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is the first time you've ever mentioned it. Well, uh, sadly, we're not seeing this guy in um in the IMDb, which is annoying. But he's got to be there. Um, well, they they can't even afford nobodies because they got fucking De Niro in the in the commercial. Yeah, well, that guy's not nobody. That guy's a that guy's a pretty successful comedian. I'm saying they don't even have the money for nobodies, oh, mate. So what you're saying? Okay, all right, calm down. What about Jodie Foster? You could get her. You could get Harvey Keitel. You know, you could get Harvey Keitel. I love how I just said they don't have the money <laughs> for nobodies, and then you go with bigger names. It's like. <laughs> Like, I'm, oh, Dave. I'm vamping for time because I'm trying to find this fucking guy and he's just nowhere to be seen. I'll, I'll find him. Don't worry. Before the show is over, I'm going to find a, he's this He's a figment guy. of your imagination. I, I know this fucking guy. Like, I, I feel like I've dreamed this guy. I've seen movies with this guy. He's a well-known comedian, quite a big comedian, very big in the 70s and 80s, may not be alive. He was probably... In his forties, in seventy-seven, what's the math on that, Rich? I mean, we were doing this last episode with the with the wife of Kurt. Swan. Where are you on the wife of Kurt Swan? By the way, have you devoted some time to that? Remember, I said to you, I uh, wanted to get her. Yeah, I, I couldn't find my grave digging uh, spade. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that if they married in forty-four, married in forty-four, you know, let let that sink in for a second, you know. Um, she's either. Oh my god, dude! I saw this. I mean, you, you talk about age. Um, I saw someone put out this funny um TikTok where that you you know that uh, uh what's your name Feinstein or something the, that like Supreme Court judge or something that's like almost like a hundred or something. Um, right. and some guy put a of everything that she's older than, and Jesus <laughs> Christ, like. You know, like she's older than Superman, she's older than Batman, she's older than every Marvel character, she's older than chocolate chip cookies. She's and I was like, Good lord, like you know what I mean? You almost don't expect this person to be alive when, yeah. when you when you go into all the things that she's older than. She's older than so what did he say? She's older than World War Two, she's older And I was just like Fuck, man, like she is really old. Is she's she? still in like a person in power. She's doing all right. 
Like, What's her name? Feinstein something? But with the, I don't know. But like, I can't remember what her I, name. I mean, but, Prince, but she looks like, I'm not joking, but she literally looks like a mummified woman in a wheelchair that gets wheeled around. Like, yeah. Uh, like, she doesn't look alive. I will say that. It, it, I, I may have found the guy. I may have found him. It might be Peter Boyle, and he might be playing the character of the wizard. But I'm not 100% on that. I don't know. Albert Brooks, who is a woman? Well, buddy, get 100%, man. Albert Brooks, I think, is dead. Uh, no, alive. Albert Brooks is alive. <laughs> this is the level of your reporting, is it? <laughs> alive. First, first, I thought he was dead. You, you almost put a fake news there. You almost put a fake news there, Mister Journalist. I was like dead. No, no, alive, alive. We've got it alive. We've got it. Alive. We've got a signal. We've got a heartbeat. Um, look, I'm gonna look more into this. But seriously, those people, and I'm addressing you, who say I'm not a journalist, I'm fucking doing investigations left, right, and center while whilst doing a show. I'm fucking on the internet. I'm seriously, you know who I am? I'm Oracle. The only difference is... So I can what work. you're saying, Dave, is that every single person on the planet is a journalist. No, because they don't have a fucking show. They don't so have every a hit person show. That, every person, if they had but a hit every show. person that Googles something is a journalist. If they had a hit show, maybe. But if not, no. They've got to have a hit show, firstly. That's the first thing they've got to do. Um. I'm trying to see if Peter. Oh, is that is that a? Pre- oh, okay, yeah, okay. So there's they, not there's there's almost no journalists there. If they have a hit show, then they can you know enter the conversation. And yes, thank you very interesting. Thank you very fucking much. It is Peter Boyle, um, I think. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, we have some sad news. He died in 2006. So. <laughs> if it is Peter oh, you're a thousand here, Dave. <laughs> if it is Peter Boyle who played the character Wizard, who I think it is the guy I'm talking about, he had kind of a perm uh, in the movie. Uh, he won't be joining Robert De Niro on this cash grab uh, for Uber because he is sadly dead. Oh, you don't know. They, they could have his likeness. They could have his likeness. We're getting desperate now. Um, yes, they could, actually. Actually, you know what? Wow, what an opportunity for AI. You could have them all in the cab. It'll be packed. I mean, you only have to pay the estate a fraction. I imagine Peter Boyle's estate would be thrilled to get like 20, 30K in the bank account. You know? It's not like he's earning anything now that he's dead. Um, put him in there with De Niro, with all his old friends, and they're all young. De Niro's there. Hey, you guys from somewhere? You can sort of see it. Hey, you're talking to me? You talking to me? That kind of thing, you know. And Uber. <laughs> There's the ad rich. Uh, maybe Jodie Foster nailed it. Maybe Jodie Foster's driving the cab. Bang! It just right, gets... you just fan fiction all over the place now. I just feel very fucking glad that I worked out who was the wizard, Peter Boyle. Um, new David Tennant Doctor Who trailer was released. Rich, did you check this one out? Uh, I, I saw a bit of it. Um, God, I mean, David Tennant's looking old. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, Rich. He's not that old. He's no, it's all, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I find this whole thing just utterly sad and pathetic. Really? Like, if this is if this is literally not a, <laughs> a listen, yeah, we fucked up. 
But they did fuck up. Um, they know that. They know they fucked up. Oh, but you know they always try to claim like, oh, it's not. It's just the bigots, and you know it's actually quite loved. And I'm like, oh, really? Is it? Then why <laughs> do you? Why do you have data terminated? And and um, uh, um, uh, fuck. Donna um, Noble. Donna coming back if it was well, such a resounding success. I really liked both of them. I liked Donna Noble. I thought she was good. Again, I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just saying this is an admission of the yeah. last one was utterly terrible and no one liked it. Well, I would even say it was, yeah, it was it was bad. Like the, the showrunner who I think ran it into the ground with, because um, I, I quite liked the lady who played the Doctor, but I just, I always felt that they did not give her much. But I didn't like the last half of Capaldi's run either. I, I mean, it was it was a while coming. This, the show declined and then it fell off a cliff. It was declining. I, mm. I, I really thought Capaldi's. No, you know. I think it's the opposite. What? I actually, I think I preferred Capaldi in the second half and not oh. the first half wow. because when he had the check from. Uh, um, I, I felt like I enjoyed when I got rid of the chick from the holdover from Matt Smith's. Yeah, I know, the, the brunette. Yeah. I kind of feel like I enjoyed the show more after she got okay. written out of it. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, as someone who loves Doctor Who, I, 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 I did, I really struggled with the last couple of seasons. Like, I honestly, I, um, it's only the Doctor Who fanatic that was in me that was making me watch that. I, I really felt they were really poor, you know. By you know, mm-hmm. I thought the Sea Devils episode was okay, um, but God, there was a lot of shit. There was a lot of shit, and they just did so much wrong. I mean, know? I'll say this. I mean, kudos to uh, Neil Patrick Harris, um, you know, coming in to play a villain. Um, on a, on a Doctor Who, I mean that's a pretty big, uh, yeah, pretty big boon for his career. Well, yeah, he's pretty cool. No, yeah, I, look, uh, I'm I'm happy to see David Tennant back. I I'm I'm sort of like I'm 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 like yeah, I I think he's one of the best Doctors. He's probably my he's probably my second favorite Doctor after Tom Baker. You know, it, look, maybe John Pertwee, know. maybe John Pertwee, but what I'm saying is I thought David Tennant was excellent. You know, as Doctor Who, and I thought Matt Smith was excellent as well. Um, I think the lady had every possibility of being good, but I, I just felt the stories were just awful, really bad. Like, it was like they weren't even trying well, anymore. Can know? I be honest with you? I, I think one of the biggest things that shit me off with that was I thought it would, what if, what if a wonderful way to have a bit of fun with, like, a character that has been male, mm. right? So, so let's say you're going to do it, right? I mean, I don't agree with it, like, because I just think that if your body is going to regenerate in in a way to heal itself, it's going to take the quickest, easiest path. I don't think it's going to change fucking sex. Mm. Um, but that aside, mm. you could have had so much fun where he's more awkward because he's not used to being in a female body. Uh, it's all getting used to, mm. you know, and all that sort of stuff. But instead, like, literally one of the first lines that, like, she says when he goes... You know, you're the doctor. And she goes, "Yeah, I've had a bit of an upgrade," and it's like, uh, "Okay, so this is this is the path we're going. It's better now because it's a woman. That's that's what's the no, but come on, that's man. the they, angle they, we're going. They, they for. No, no, I'm, 
Listen to me, Dave. <laughs> That's the angle you're going with, meaning that you're not going to have fun with it. You're not going to yeah. have an out-of-body sort of like, I'm just not used to being a woman. Sure. And, and almost still kind of acting like a man sometimes. Yeah. And then really, you know, when people give you weird looks, then maybe someone goes, yeah, it's not how ladies act. You know, I just think you could have had way more fun with a, a predominantly male character that's now in a female body. And they I just agree. didn't want to. They just no, wanted to be like, no, nope, this is it. It's better now. No, I agree. I mean, look, that was honestly not – I agree with what you're saying. They could have definitely done more with that. It was almost like they didn't want to. But also, I mean, honestly, as a Doctor Who fan, you know, who's watched – most of the fucking episodes of the series, I just felt the storylines were just appalling. Like, really bad, though, as well. Like, like I actually almost barely stories. Like, it was mm. just like the, the level of effort in that writer's room was just so minimal. And, oh, and obviously the worst part was retconning the, um, the Doctor's origin. I hated that. Uh, yes, I did hate that, but but like I hated that so much I've forgotten it. Yeah, I hated that, but you know what? Even without that, honestly, even without that, her stories week, oh. week to week were just woeful, you know? Yeah, because I remember when I was watching, I thought to myself, you know what would have been so much more fun? Again, I guess I'm always thinking about it. You could have had the master convince the doctor that that's their origin when it's actually the master's origin, and then yeah. the master could just oh. be like, how do you like that? I'm the reason why you can all regenerate. Dude, I had And I was just letting you believe it was you just to fuck with you because, you know, you're my enemy, you're my, my whatever. That could be so much better. Because you could have had fun, but then also retconned in case it didn't go over well. Yeah. But also, dude, like, honestly, I I don't even understand what the fucking story was. Like, really. Because this is the thing. Like, a lot of their storylines, it's, uh, they just didn't make any sense. Like it was like that's the problem of of modern Doctor Who, um, and I and I I've said this before on the show, for and I loved Matt Smith as Doctor Who, but by but certain parts of the end of his run, the endings were so so fucking cheesy. You know what I mean? And it was like oh my god, like what do they call Deus Machina? That kind of thing became standard. And really cheesy endings to what should have been emotionally impactful storylines really let the show down at times on his run, which overall I love. That only became more prevalent with Capaldi. And by the time they got to her, dude, they were coasting on fumes of a story. I can tell when a show is creaking at the seams. And that show was barely operational. You know, like like it, mm. the nuts and bolts of Doctor Who were missing, and it's nothing to do with her being a woman because I actually like her, and the, I'm talking about the story elements, and and it wasn't just her; it was it, from late Matt Smith, the wind up to his storylines, some really cheesy stuff. Now I get sometimes it's budgetary, and you can tell, but then don't play as if it's going to be such a big battle and stuff, and then you really sort of cheap out and, and sort of chicken out of the storyline. Like, be more clever. Um, just do better. My, my message to the new showrunner is just do better. Like, this show can totally be salvaged in terms of... Um, I'm not talking about viewership. Uh, you know, I'm talking about quality of show and all the Doctor Who fans in the world out there that support this show, you know, year in, year out. And I have supported this show... Like since I was five, 
You know what I mean? So I love it. Um, they've got to do a lot better because a, a doctor who die hard like me gritted my teeth through the last season. You know, it was it was not a pleasure. And the only episode that I remember liking was the Sea Devils one because I like the Sea Devils. That's fucking why I liked it. You know, it was okay. It was a decent episode. Like it was fine. And when I say it was, it really was. It was fine. Like six, six out of ten. Some of her, some of the episodes, the last season, I give one or two out of ten to. They were that bad. Um, the problem is that that they just don't have story anymore. I don't know what it, why. I, that's one thing I don't understand. Like, why do they abandon story? Because it's not like the spectacle is that fantastic. Like, it's not like Doctor Who is this show that you watch. And you go, it's so fucking amazing, the special effects. Like, you know, it's just, oh, God, it's so incredible. Like, it's still got that sort of, like, even though they've got a lot more money put into it, it's still got that BBC feel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so... Don't sacrifice story. Give us back some story and give us some stakes. And, and yeah, give us humour. We want humour. We do want humour in Doctor Who. Like, I, I, I believe me, I like my humour in Doctor Who. But just give us some story as well. And maybe don't... And I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I never was this guy. I think they rely too much on old monsters again, which is a common problem with Doctor Who. Doctor Who has had many slumps in its long, long, long run. And when they get desperate in the 80s, they tended to wheel out um, the old monsters. You know what I mean? And mm. and and they've fallen into that trap a lot in new Doctor Who. Don't give me an old monster unless you've got an interesting story to tell. And if you do, fantastic. Like, but Jesus Christ, they love wheeling out the Daleks and the Cybermen. And <laughs> let me tell you, especially with the Cybermen, it's diminishing returns. I liked the Cybermen a hell of a lot more 10 years ago. You know? Hell of a lot more. Um, so there's a whole... Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they had some fantastic Cybermen storylines. But, yeah, then I think, you know what, you've done it. You've had a great thing. Yeah. And if you are going to do... If you are going to go back to the well, then find a new one, like find another yeah. one. But yeah. also maybe look for the ones that weren't fleshed out well enough. Um, yeah. Like a good example of this one is they obviously they're doing the Celestial Toy Maker, who is a character that's almost lost to time. Wow, that is cool. I didn't realize they're doing the Celestial Toy Maker. Yeah, so that's awesome. who uh, Neil Patrick Harris is playing. He's playing really? the Celestial Toy Maker. Okay. So, but that's what I mean. So if you're going to do it, go back and say, okay, well, what can we what didn't maybe pop off or what can we sort of reinvent or what can we actually like don't yeah as you say don't just keep going for the cybermen and the daleks yeah exactly. like yeah if you're gonna do it if you're like well look it's got such a rich history and it's like fucking eight you know what i mean like 50 60 years old yeah let's let's just like mine it for maybe those ones that were like a one-off monster but we can do something with it or something like that i'm all for that but yeah don't just keep going back to um the Daleks well, and the yeah, Cybermen. We all love the Daleks you know. and Cybermen, but you've got to have more than that. And, and yeah. well, I mean, it, that, that's like being making a Superman movie and, and keep making the fucking villain Lex Luthor. Hey? Like, it's like, exactly. there is others. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And, dude, you said Celestial Toy Maker. I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. And hey, that's such a good comment, Richard, because so many of the stories in the 60s and 70s, well, they didn't have the production values or the money or anything. 
but mm. they had some really neat concepts. And but not just that, the, the episodes are lost time for a lot of the stuff, or they weren't exactly. saved because back in the day they used exactly. to record over film because film was expensive or it got degraded, it got destroyed. So, yes, revive the old shit that is like is really hard to, to, yeah. to find and see. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. Uh, great stuff, Rich. And I, I mean, I love my Doctor Who. I'm going to check. I haven't seen this trailer, but I'll, I'll check it out um, and I'll give my full breakdown. Do we have a date for when this episode's broadcasting? Uh, it must be this what? year. I, I didn't bother to remember. I, I'll find <laughs> out. Um, I mean, against all odds, I came up with the wizard. You didn't think I was going to get there, did you? Because all I had was a Jewish guy with a big nose. That was all I had. To, at, at I mean, if you had got there, is, have we confirmed that's 100% or are you still... Oh, well, I mean, ha, how much do you need to confirm? I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm right. Ooh, you know? good journalist would probably <laughs> check, the... check that. Well, I've IMDb'd it to shit, man. You know, like what wow. the, what the wow. fuck? Am I so you've really to do? exhausted the, uh, <laughs> the extent of your your database there. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do? No, no, I, I found images no. of him, man. Look, if I'm in Vegas, bet on me on that on that one. Could I be wrong? Is there a chance? Yeah, sure, but there's a chance of anything. You know, a comet could crash into the fucking Earth and kill us all. You know, um, so you know that could happen, but you don't sit around all night worrying about it, do you? You know, could could I, mean, I don't sit I don't sit around worrying about anything. Well, everyone seemed pretty fucking invested in. Did I get to the wizard? I did. He's dead. Was it? I completely forgot we were talking about that. The wizard man. Um, there's a new crypto and Scooby Doo movie coming out. Thank God they've teamed up these two geniuses, crypto and Scooby Doo. That's actually good. Yeah, that could be a bit of fun. Is this out, Rich? Mm, no, I don't. I, I don't believe so. Well, what's this? I don't believe so. Shit, like it's either out or it's not. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's shredding to, uh, to Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, crypto movie. Well, the the news item here says it's been released, but like, has it? Has it? Um, it's a director video. Okay, this is good news, which means that maybe it is out on Max now. Uh, plot. Production, blah blah blah. Um, trailer was released. Uh, release date of September twenty sixth, so it's out. Sort of, it's probably on Max right now. Rich, Scooby Doo, and Crypto Two. There you go. Oh, man, I'm on fire with the news tonight. I am on fucking fire. I can't be stopped. Seriously, yeah, I, man, you're you're you're. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm fucking. I'm whipping through news. Your secret. Your 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 informant. You know that whose name you have to keep secret <laughs> is really putting in overtime today. Well, dude, like I, I said, <laughs> the only difference between me and Oracle right now is I can walk. You know, like I am. So, oh, and you don't live in a in a bell tower or something from the belfry. <laughs> Well, I, I'm on the second floor up here, overlooking the fucking like a king overlooking. You're right, Dave. You're right. Second floor. That's exactly like a bell tower. I'd like to live in a bell tower. Um, the Marvels movie, which I think no one cares about, has cost over two hundred seventy-four million dollars to make. After a fifty-five billion dollars subsidy from the U.S. government, the movie now has to make four hundred and forty million just to break even. I don't understand. Why does it need to make that? If it why does it uh, that's that's called that's called movie math. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. I look I don't give a 
I, let's give our bets. I don't think it's going to make five hundred million cinemas. I, I, it'll go. Oh, well, no, no, it has to make four, four, four forty because that's two seventy five then plus um, yeah. marketing and all. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, my point is, let's do our bets. I think it's going to go close to five hundred million worldwide box office, but not quite get there. What do you think, Rich? Um, come on, give us mm-hmm. a number. You can't write honestly, that I don't. I, honestly, I don't think it will, but I wouldn't put it past um, Marvel slash Disney to fudge the numbers. True. Good point, Rich. Yeah, to get the PR, you know? Yeah. I just well, feel like... I mean, I mean, come on. This is the first movie they've made where it's three female leads plus a female villain. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, that, that you know, I mean, cool, but th- that's definitely something they want to do well, even <laughs> if they've got a... Make it do well. Who who is the villain? Like, do we know? Ah, uh, fuck! I can't remember her name, but I know that she's got Ronan's um, hammer. Um, Who's hammer? You oh, know Ronan yeah, the accuser. Vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. Is it Ronan the accuser? Yeah, I think that's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. His hammer. Just his hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, she must be neither new accuser or something like that. I don't know. Who gives a fuck about Ronan, and who gives a fuck about her? You know, like, like, I'll be brutally fucking honest. No one fucking cares. Like, honestly, I don't care I about... I don't. I couldn't give a shit about Ron and the Accuser at the best of times. And I certainly couldn't fucking care less about um, whatever her name is. Like, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Black Captain Marvel. Like, the three of them put together is just boring. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like... Agreed. Shoot me now. Just put me down. Put me out of my misery, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, seriously. I'd be like, you know, obviously, I'd be like, I'd kill, I go to heaven. I'm like, you know what? I just had enough. I just couldn't handle but, one more fucking shit Marvel movie. Yeah, but you know what I find always so, so funny? I find it always so funny because it always tell, you can always tell that they talk like absolute shit, right? right? Do you remember when the first movie came out and people were saying like, oh my gosh, you look so miserable. She yeah. should smile more. It looks like, you know, so dour. And people are like, oh, you're so fucking sexist. And then when this movie is coming out, they're all going like, oh, it's so much more fun. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they're having fun with it. And it's all, and you're like, oh, sorry. I thought everyone was sexist for saying that they need to have more fun in her first movie. Like, yeah. she looks like she's like, you know, constantly pissed off. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was quite grumpy. I agree. But, but isn't that her whole thing? Like, she's just constantly sort of like, Sort of not bitchy, but like sort of a bit bitchy. You know what I mean? Like just like oh god, like you sort of you, you're sort of like yeah, like I don't I didn't hate the movie, but it, it was quite sort of she's quite serious, I guess is the word I'm. You know, it's just a little bit serious all the time. You know, that's that's how it felt, and not fun, not much fun. Um, this news item. Did you put this news item in about the Ukraine? Because it made me fucking laugh. No, I don't. I don't. I don't do Ukraine news. This is hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> this is funny. In an attempt to show support uh, for the Ukraine president Zelensky, the Canadian Parliament honoured a 98-year-old veteran of the Ukraine First Division who fought the Russians in World War Two. Uh, the Speaker of the House of Commons called him a Ukrainian hero. A Canadian hero. A few days later, someone must have realised the Russians were part of the Allies in World War Two, and discovered that 
the Ukraine First Division was a Nazi SS formation made of Ukraine volunteers. So the Canadian Prime Minister, who is a fucking fool, um, and, a ca- and the House of Commons gave a standing ovation to a literal Nazi. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. You know what? That, that reminds me so much of... Um, <laughs> so good. What's the, what's, the, what's the vice president's name? Uh, uh, Kamala Harris or something? Yeah. Where she went to... It was an Asian country, and she was like went there with a wreath, and it was for like World War Two. And people were pointing out, they were like, "You know that this was a country that was against America and was actually like killing POW." Like, yeah, they they weren't on the same side. But yeah. there she is, laying a wreath. Yeah, and it's like it's like these people literally don't do any re- like no one does research anymore today. That's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to today, the journalists, fucking even politicians, no one does even the simplest bit of research. Before yeah. they do something, it's pretty funny because, like, like, I, and like, don't get me wrong, you know, like, the Russians killed plenty of fucking people, but so did the fucking Germans, you know, and you know, like, at least do a little bit of research before you hire to bring this guy in. Like, where, where exactly was he fighting? Like, that was a dirty fucking war on that front. You know what I mean? Like, and and then it's like, oh, he was part of the the SS, so it's just the worst of the worst. You know, like that was. Yeah, literally... but I mean, the fact if you found that out afterwards, you could have found that out before. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're that desperate to get there to to to, to bring in. Yeah, yeah, the the photo op, the PR, the fucking yeah. to look like you know they they give a but shit. But again, it, uh, it's uh, that's why I say when it comes to journalists, when you rush out a story because you want to be the first, or you you, you rush to do a photo op, you think it's making you look good. It just shows how incompetent you are and how little you know. Well, I hope that's not a shot at Mayridge because I'll just remind <laughs> listeners. I'll remind <laughs> listeners. I found the fucking wizard. So fuck, Dave. Fuck, I know. don't. I, I'll yeah. be honest with you. I don't know if you actually have the ability to rush. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you're, you're a bit of a slow guy, Dave. It takes you. Are you kidding? It takes you a, a while to do shit. No, babe, bullshit. Like I'm constantly fucking. Ah, busy. you're always late. You <laughs> take forever to finish a game. <laughs> takes you ever forever to read a fucking book. Takes you ever to fucking refinish an audio or a. What, look, come on, Dave. You're you're a bit of a slowpoke. <laughs> no, I di- I disagree. Uh, Man of Steel writer David Goya. Oh my God, David Goya has been behind so much bullshit over the years. Said it was crazy how Warner Brothers and DC tried to build their own MCU. Um, he's basically saying that um, he's pissing and moaning, saying that they should have done a Superman sequel before they did, um, you know, Batman vs Superman. Basically, is what it boils down to. But also, maybe you should have made a better fucking movie in Man of Steel, a bit more interesting. Would have been good, good as well, David Goya. You know, just mm. just give you that little tip. Um, Warner Brothers reportedly tried to try to change the ending of The Departed to set up a sequel. That's actually funny. And so of course as he fought them on it and won. But um like I don't know, that's a great fucking movie. I love that movie, the the departed. I, I I'm glad that it wasn't like a franchise builder and stuff. Like that was a movie that felt like it had real consequences, had real twists. Uh, it felt very complete, you know? Mm. Um so I'm glad that Scorsese won that battle. Uh Flanagan, um is the modern king of horror adaptions. Um, Stephen King's Dark Tower series spans eight novels, a short story, and a children's book. A children's book of Dark Tower. I can't imagine that, Rich. Can you? Um, well, you could, but it's too weird. Like, no, but, like, if you want to give the kid, like, fucking nightmares, like, for the next five years. Oh, but again, Dave, again, we had a... 
we had a kids cartoon for Rambo. We back sure. in the day, we had a kids cartoon for Robocop. <laughs> it's like yeah, but that tower was pretty bad. You can always kidify anything though. No, but if you're doing a children's version, you I can. You can certainly edit it in a way. I, I also don't care. Like, um, I, I love Dark Tower. Uh, this guy plans to do a five-season series with two follow-up feature films. Oh, my God. We've heard this all before. I mean, I went against, like, knowing all the reviews. Because I, I, I like the Dark Tower. I, I like a lot of what Stephen King does, even though I think he's often a bit flawed. I do like, in general, what he does. I went and watched that Dark Tower movie, it was so disappointing because you know what would make it so disappointing? You could tell there was the potential for an awesome story that they just squandered in that movie. And that it was such a rush job, Rich. Like it was so clearly not meant to be one movie. You know, it felt like the first three movies were sort of like cut into one very confusing movie. And it was a real disappointment because I was like, I almost would have preferred them not to have even done it. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, that was the movie that was supposed to set up the TV show. Well, of course, they fucked the movie up. It made no money and they cancelled the show. So, I don't know. I mean, I hope it happens, you know. Now, real time with Bill Maher is set to return this Friday after last week's decision to push pause. Obviously, um, the writer strike is now obviously sorted itself out, so he'll be coming back anyway. Now, just a brief note on Ahsoka Katano, um, Rich. I have a couple of questions. So I watched this episode. It was pretty interesting. Uh, It was filler, but fun. Why does Ahsoka have two lightsabers? Has any other Jedi that you're aware of had two? Not in the movies, but it has been in the games and all that. Okay. All right. Um, So that has happened. I mean, don't forget the Force Unleashed, the main character had two. And obviously, in Knights of the Old Republic and all that, you could wield two lightsabers. So, I mean, it's been around, just not in the main okay, all right, canon movies or anything like that. Okay, uh, pretty interesting episode, by the way. Um, uh, also, uh, apparently, um, Thrawn has always known that Darth Vader is Anakin. Were you aware of that? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, no. I'm pretty sure he knew that in the. Uh, in the originals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently that's the case. I, I'm finding this Thrawn character quite fascinating, Rich, actually. He's, he's pretty cool. He's a fantastic character. Yeah, he's good. Now, this is um, Jimmy Terzis. I wanted to get... I said to him, Jimmy, give me your expert opinion of Thrawn in Ahsoka because I know he's a huge Thrawn fan, loves all the books, loves everything, just like you, Rich. I said, cool or disappointment? He said... I'm actually waiting on more. No judgment yet. This stuff is some of the coolest stuff we've seen yet, though. He's referring to the new Star Wars stuff, which in general he's been reasonably critical of. Maybe not at your level, but overall quite critical.
just extending Comics, Rich. Woo! Yep. Uh, Michael Keller, Shem. Um, and by the way, if you if you join the Patreon, I'm quite open to giving people things like access to the notes and especially giving suggestions for weekly comics and flashbacks and stuff. I can't promise that we'll do every single thing you you do on the same week, but I, in general, do try to um, 
to put stuff in. And Michael um, is a great supporter of the show. So thank you, Michael. And we, we enjoy your picks and your news. Uh, Michael recommended Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, uh, 60 by Otto Bender. Um, it's hilarious. Like, I, I don't even know how to... Like, this issue just goes from one hilarious high cheek to the next, doesn't it, Rich? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got three different stories in it, so it's, uh, it's hijinks galore. It's... But, but you know my favourite? They're all good. Actually, no, I have two favourites. The thing with Jimmy and Lois is just hilarious. Like... Lois is just, it's an imaginary story, basically, guys, where Superman has married Lois, but the fly in the ointment is Jimmy, who's just constantly on that fucking signal watch, and he's, Superman's constantly, like, breaking dates with Lois, uh, Jimmy turns up at the honeymoon, <laughs> dressed as a merman, uh, Jimmy's, oh, yeah. and what about when she starts having dreams, and the bizarro robots show up, <laughs> the bizarro Jimmy's? Um, it's just gold from wall to wall, and then the other one where it's not imaginary. What I what I think made the other one so funny was it wasn't imaginary. That basically Superman is really getting the shits with both Lois and Lana, who are just grinding his gears, and he basically calls them out on their shit. And their re- and their reaction when he takes them to the Fortress of Solitude for some fucking interview is they they um free a prank, bro. Just a prank, they, bro. They prank the shit out of him. And it's like they freeze themselves to wake up in like 5,000 years' time. Superman goes forward 5,000 years through the time stream, which I love. And, um, and then they basically die. And um, he's, he's trying to work out how to fix it. He just can't fix it. He's fucking up. And then he looks in Candor because he mentions Candor to them and like clever usage. Where he goes, oh my god, they dead. Let me pine away and look at their uh, their doubles. Oh, it's so their funny. Candorian doubles, their so Candorian doubles, perb on them. Yeah, I was like, this is so much gold. And then basically, it turns out like the pranks, the pranksters that they are, they're actually there in Candor and they put in androids in in the fucking freeze machine, and it's all just one gigantic fuck you to Superman. And then, basically, when he's like, um, oh, I'm glad you're back, we'll go and do dinner, and then they start fighting, and Lois calls Laura a hussy. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, God, the two of them are really catfighting. Uh, dude, I... This was a wild... Like, Michael deserves credit for just what a wild issue this was. Like, there was just... It was just nuts. Like, it was just like... The hits just kept coming. I was like, I've got to give this issue, like, an 8.5 out of 10, because... I, I didn't realise just how much fun this was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, this was... The, I enjoyed this. What did you think, Rich? Oh, dude, it, it was it was an absolute hilarious blast. Like, um, yeah, you got you got Lois, like, marrying Superman, um, but getting massively jealous of um, uh, Jimmy Olsen, almost to the point of, like, plotting his death. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and then... Uh, and, yeah, that lot. I'm trying to remember three stories. I'm trying to remember each one of them was. Uh, yeah, the line of the lowest one. Then what was the second story? There was a second. Was, was the that the story? one? Where, no, that wasn't the one where they went to the to the honeymoon. That was the Jimmy story. I'm not sure what. The... No, the, yeah, the Jimmy one was like kind of the main story, where she gets jealous and then she starts having nightmares because she's literally like almost trying to kill him mm. by damaging his the watch and all that sort of stuff. And then the second story was... It was still such a batshit crazy. I'm trying to remember what it was, though. 
yeah, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it was it was it was more of the same. Like it was more crazy shit, basically. Like um, yeah. What can I say? Oh no, it was uh, Lois drinking fucking mermaid juice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then these two gangster guys trying to kill her. That's right. But the whole time she's trying to suffer, she's suffocating because she can't breathe air now. I know. <laughs> and she has to have any liquid, so she is literally like uh, jumping in oil. Yep. She's putting her face in pen, like getting all these uh, clock gets all these people on the plane to like pour their ink. It's so uh, funny. Pen ink into a bowl, and she puts her face in it, and then literally the cure was just for her to drink water. I know, and she hadn't done that. She tipped, <laughs> she tipped water over herself, but she hadn't drunk any water. Yeah, she kept like submerging herself in in water, and I just that again. It's just it's crazy fun shit. It's just, funny when she does the pen ink. You just laugh your ass off. She does the pen ink, and then one guy goes, "Goes this is the weirdest way to test ink I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> and then she, at the end she's got a veil on because she's got blue face yep. and Jimmy's the whole time like why are you wearing the veil she's like shut the fuck up Jimmy <laughs> it's great now what wasn't so great was Wonder Woman 1 um, I feel like we did this for our sins Rich you know um, so I've got uh, this is Tom King mm. on this is Tom King on Wonder Woman now I did want to do this because I was very much like well, I, I don't mind Wonder Woman comics. Like, I like Wonder Woman. I, I've read Wonder Woman comics and really enjoyed them. I, I just want to see what it did. Now, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with this concept of the story. If you pitch this story to me, there's a serial killer Amazonian killing basically men, um, and the government's kind of turning or, you know, doing a witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. I would be... I mean, that's many a story. Like, that is normal comic book storytelling. But you know what it is, Rich? It's just, A, the talkiness of it is just like, it's just, it, it, it's just deadly to me on a first issue. But also, oh my God. Now, I'm finally understanding now when people are like, they're just preaching to you. And this comic, it's not subtle. It, it's also not interesting. And it's just like on and on and on with the same shit. I'm like, I got to the end of this issue and I was like, you had the bones of a, a decent plot. I don't know why you put all this shit into the story um, that made it so, I don't know, over the hitting you over the head with like the whole misogyny angle. And it was just like, I was like, what a wasted opportunity. Um and no thank you. If this is the best Tom King can do on Wonder Woman, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't see a lot of people enjoying this. Like, really. And it's a shame because I think he had a decent idea that he ruined completely. What do you think, Rich? Um, I'm I'm far more critical than, than that. Um, if So you remember, like, uh, years ago, they had that event called uh, War of the Amazons? Amazon's Attack, where, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Amazon's attack, war on Amazon, they had a few times. So if you told me that the Amazons kind of declared war and kind of got beaten and then America was like, right, all of you can fuck off. Yes. You're not allowed, you you know, you, you're if you come here to America again, you're going to be arrested. Then I could be like, okay, I mean, don't necessarily agree with that, but I can understand. Mm. So in this, one Amazon, I think, kills eight men. Something like that, yeah. In a bar, and all of a sudden... Yeah, I know. Being an Amazon is outlawed. 
and and like massive toss and i'm like okay so you know that is a that no government would do that because mm. one the american government would never agree right your right and your left would never agree to do all that like there'd be so much fucking red tape but also no government would do that because one foreigner killed eight people do you know what I mean? Not not that yeah. level. I mean, she'd have to kill like a fucking town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. There'd have to be some kind of massive massacre of, of some sort of scale. The witch hunt on would be on that, her. I mean, Wonder Woman's barely in the fucking comic. I, I agree. That's the other point. Like, Wonder Woman 1, starring fucking everybody but Wonder Woman, you know? And I read a review. Uh, there was like everything Wonder Woman did and said in this issue was so nuanced. Was like, oh, so like waffling on. Then I read the issue. I was like, where the fuck is she? And then she turns up to basically fight some agents at the end. And I was like, I don't know. I I, th- I felt this was a wasted opportunity. And it also proves to me, Tom King. I mean, it's not interesting. It's just not interesting storytelling. He he's just it's just talky. Talky, 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 preachy, talky. You know, he takes a break from talking to preach. You know what I mean? And yeah, and oh, and also, uh, uh, by the way, the, I think the villain. I can. I think we can literally say he's Trump, the sovereign or whatever. Like, how about yeah, how like about, the, yeah. he's got the crown, he's got the American flag. Yeah, he, like he's an old white dude. It's like, come on, bro. Like Jesus Christ. Like it's yeah. this is her Joker level fucking villain, Trump. It's like, yeah. You know, well, I think something that bothers me the most about, especially a lot of, I think, probably a lot of modern, no, not a lot of modern, it's, 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 it's mixed throughout. I hate it when people see Wonder Woman as a man versus woman mm. vehicle, mm. because it's not. Wonder Woman is not about man versus, I know they go, oh, man's world. Yes, because when the Amazons left, obviously, you know, and still today, men do, unfortunately, like the uh, rule and and govern most of the world but they're not there to uh fight between men and women it's it's a fight between amazonian ideals and what other ideals western ideals or modern ideals or whatever and i wish people would remember that more it's not when a woman's never been about men versus women or like who's right and who's wrong i don't know about wonder woman i don't know dude like i mean Professor Marston seriously believed that women should rule the world, like, and sub the men should be subjugated. That was his whole thesis, you know. I, I, Dave, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, Bob Kane believed that Batman should run around with guns and fucking shoot everyone in the head. That's not how you see Batman now. Is my point. Forget about what they were when they were created. Okay. Over the years, sure. Wonder Woman is a vehicle of. Uh, uh, teaching, yeah, no, yeah, of, yeah, 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 I agree like, with that. Like yeah. tolerance and and teaching yeah, yeah. responsibility and teaching strength, mm. right? And and stuff. And it's not about whether you're a man or a woman. No, I agree. It's no, not yeah, about sorry, one yeah. being better, or whatever. And I just think Tom King was like, mm, yeah, give me Wonder Woman. I can make it man versus woman. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you fell into the trap. You, oh, and dude, that's yeah. why it's not going to be a good run. No, I, I totally, yeah, you make a great point. You're talking about modern Wonder Woman, you know, yes, completely. I don't know, man. Like, it's also just not a good comic. Like, uh, like you could make this any character, like, substitute Wonder Woman for fucking anybody, you know, Batgirl. You know what I mean? Like, this comic sucks. 
It's it's boring. It's way, way too talky, way too preachy. Like, it takes preaching and message sending to, like, a million out of ten. You know, it just, like, and I honestly cannot foresee this having a very big audience at all. I just don't. I mean, you'll have your Wonder Woman rusted on diehards that support any Wonder Woman stuff, but, like, okay, you've got them, you know, but that's a small, that's a small, in numbers, it's not huge. The comic booking, the comic book, buying Wonder Woman rusted on audience is not massive. You, you'll have some Tom King f- fans, but that's it. I, don't, I, I just don't see this has any appeal. It's, it's very, very, very talky and waffly and just, you know, like one thing that Frank Miller did that was awesome that everyone has ripped off on is the, is the news broadcasts. You know, the news broadcasts that he did in Dark Knight Returns Seriously, one of the worst things to happen to modern day comics because they're mm. o- they're overused. A little bit of it goes a long way. Frank Miller knew that, but the but Tom King doesn't. And and how how on the nose was it when he when someone someone in the fucking this waffling issue was like, it's not like some secret king rules everything. And then at the end, it's a secret king. And I was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, where is the gun? I'm going to put it in my mouth and in in my life now. Like, I I was just like. This is what people are excited about. Like, Dawn of DC, it's a fucking bleak fucking dawn if this is the Dawn of DC. A very boring dawn. Um, yeah. And I, also, I just I also point out another classic fucking Tom King thing. Mm. Let's take a good guy mm. and make him a, a, a villain. Oh, yeah. Because Sergeant, Sergeant Steel yeah. is supposed to be a good guy. Sarge yep. Steele yep. is an espionage hero and detective with a mechanical hand. Yeah, he's never been a bad guy, has he? You know, you know, he can be rough around the edges, you know, he can maybe bend the rules or whatever, but he's a good guy at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I, I believe a character like that would, yes, he said, look, you know, Wonder Woman, I've got fucking, you know, I've got orders and shit, but, you know, let's let's mm. work something out, you know, see it through my way or something. I don't think he would be an all pretty much out-and-out fucking villain. Yeah, but I I don't think Tom King uh, cares, man. I think he just no, he doesn't. That's my point. He loves. He's like, oh, he's the he's the anti Johns. Mm. So where Johns goes through the 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 vault, the archive, and says, oh, how can I elevate this character? Yeah, how can I take this character that's been misused or forgotten mm. about or whatever, whatever? How can I, mm. you know, make them cool? How can I get people to like them? Tom King goes, oh, my God, wait, oh, let me go through the vault. What's a character I can fucking, you know, fuck up and, yeah. and make a war criminal or, yeah, 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 yeah. or you know, a mass murderer or something? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's, that's just the type of guy he is. He doesn't look to elevate. He looks to destroy. I, I don't think he, like, I, maybe some of it, some of it is conscious. Some of it is unconscious, I think. I don't think he has any real reverence or regard for the what came before. I, I, I think he sees them as just place setters. And, and look, I, I'm by no means the fucking DC historian myself, but I don't know. I, I would at least read the very brief, very brief cliff notes on a character before I fuck them over in the way he does. I just don't think he's a continuity guy. I don't think he's a, a big fan. Well, yeah, yeah. Of, you know. hey, that's a fantastic point. Find a character that matches that. If this is the type of character you need, then yeah, go through the backlogs 
you know, go through the vaults and find a character that can that 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 fits that. Don't take a character and jam him into what you want because you're like, oh, he's cool. Yeah, I love it. He's got the metal hand. Mm. He looks cool. So I'm going to take him and 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 break him into what I I need the character to be, and not like, does this fit that character? Is this? But that and that's is, that's who he is though. He's a shortcuts guy, and he's all about forcing his story into the character you know really that's he, he he's sort of like oh i will bend and break this character to make them fit into my story and it doesn't really matter um you know who they are or i mean he fucked up batman you know you don't get bigger than that you know what i mean mm. like so he doesn't give a fuck about sergeant steel like you know and you know he's in he, he i can just hear his defense well no one cares about sergeant steel so i can do whatever i want with him it's like yeah but you you know, yeah, but then you also, you're fucking him so in the open that just casual people like me are going, what the fuck? I, I, I vaguely know who Sergeant mm. Steel is and I never saw him as this big bad guy and now all of a sudden that's what he is. It's the same thing as when he made Guy Gardner just ice and get exploded or whatever. It's just like, there's just a total lack of caring. You know, it's just like, fuck it. Like, that's almost his attitude, I think. It's just like, Screw it. Who cares? You know, um, I'm I'm going to write my story. You know, down the torpedoes kind of style. I, I'm, yeah, I five out of ten for this comic. So, I, you know. I, do, do you know what's funny? Sometimes I feel like did some did somehow some of these characters actually hurt Tom King. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. what did Wally West do to you, Tom? What did Guy Gardner do? Like, I don't. Did, did, I, yeah, they, did I, they I hurt yeah. you in some way when you were reading yeah. comics? Yeah. I, I don't think it goes very deep at all. I, I just what I, I I can see it, man. I can see the storyteller. He he's just trying to pump out these stories, and it's almost like any character will do. It's almost like snatch and grab, mm. and, and and probably in some cases it, it's characters that like he barely knows at all. You know, like and, and let's be honest, and no character is safe because I mean, if you're willing to do this shit with 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 uh, Wally West, Batman. And Wonder Woman, oh God, God, what are you going to do to the uh, the lower tier characters? Oh no, he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, you can just almost hear his apologists, like, but also how overdone is the whole misogyny thing with Wonder Woman? You know, like it just feels like it. That's just low hanging fruit. As far as I'm concerned, like that's just not even trying. It's it's not new. It's yeah. It's derivative. It's yeah. It's oh, you know, blase fair. Like it's certainly not me. Make me sit up and go, oh, oh, this is something new. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like it's not it's not about trying to find a new audience or anything. I just think this is. I mean, Wonder Woman, in all honesty, should have really exciting, cool stories told about her. It's qu- it'd be quite possible to do. Like, they've done a lot of work on the character. She's a really well-known character. She's in the DC universe. Like, people have done good runs on her before. Like, it's not like she's never had a good run. She's had plenty. Okay? And yep. then in walks Tom King, and it's just like, oh, you know, what a chore this would be to read month after month. Can you imagine it? Rich, can you imagine sitting down and reading? No, like, I can't, and I don't want no, to. No, I, I only did it for one because I wanted to give him a chance. Because occasionally I don't mind Tom King's stuff, but I'm realizing now that 
it's more likely that it's just not for me. And if anything, much like a Bendis, he's really bought into his own hype because this 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 was desperately in need of an edit too. Can I say yeah. that? This was oh, I mean, Jesus Christ. He, he bought he bought into his Batman hype, right? Mm. When people were actually enjoying the Batman and people were like, Wow, Tom King, what a great Batman writer. And he has not let go of that. No. That and and all the negativity just goes runs off of him like a duck because he's like, Yeah, but I I loved because of my Batman and, and mm. all this other shit. No, it's them that's wrong. Well, you know what I mean. I'd remind him that he got fired off Batman, you know, because yeah. the audience was so pissed off with him, and like, you know, I don't know, like DC believe in him, like, and just hand him these projects, and I just, I just honestly get a feeling, left to his own devices, he's going to be playing to empty tables. You know, he's he's that kind of a writer. He just, I, I, I think that outside of a very fanatical few, his audience will desert him because these aren't good stories. This this wasn't a good comic book, you know, honestly. I love Wonder Woman, and, you know, honestly, I do. I, I think she's a great character. I, I feel bad for artists who have got talent. Uh, I fucking can't remember the artists in the book, but I, I do remember going, you know, the art's pretty good. Mm. Um, what a shame to be saddled with someone like Tom King. Um, well, it was like when Bendis was on on DC on Superman. He had all the best artists when he was when yeah. he, he had fantastic. I I felt sorry for Ryan Sook who who was with him on Legion. And he gave us some of the worst Legion stories. I'm just bringing up the Wonder Woman artist for, that was on this issue. He he, he gave us probably yeah. some of the worst Legion I've ever read. You know, and wonderful. Oh, yeah, they gave him Ivan Rice as well, and yeah, and yeah. Ivan Rice does fantastic action stuff, and you barely. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Sampier, I believe, is the artist. Superstar yeah. I'm artist. I'm not familiar with him. I think this is the first time I've seen his art, but I was like, this is probably the best thing about this comic. Yeah. Oh, I agree. There's nothing wrong with the art. Like, yeah, the art's, the art's good. Um, yeah, uh, but, yeah, not much. I, I'm going to give it a five because I, I could see in this storyline the threads of what would have been a good concept, but he completely butchered. it. Actually, no, I'm going to give it a four and a half because it, it shouldn't pass. It, it goes close to a, a bare minimum pass, but it just falls underneath. What do you think, Rich? Mm. I'm giving it a three out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and the three is just for the art. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, man. Fair enough, dude. Like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a job. Now, the last book was my choice, Hawkman Zero. I thought this was the one where all the different Hawkman were seen, but this must have happened in Zero Hour. This was just a weird story about, I've read all of Carter Hall's adventures, but he comes back and he's kind of like all the Hawkman all at once. It's kind of crazy. You didn't like it, Rich? No. No, it was. This is this is where they get this is where they get him wrong. Yeah, this is where they're like, "Oh, Hawkman, we must make him actual hawk." Yeah, no, that was bad. Give him all hawk eyes, and now his wings grow in and out of his back. And, and it's can... like that's not what that's not what Hawkman is, man. He's not a fucking mutant. He's not half hawk. <laughs> and he can talk to birds all of a sudden and stuff like. Yeah, no, he's got some weird fucking vision where he can see people's emotions or their their chakras or some shit, and I'm like, oh, this is so cringy. Well, they're they're trying to, but like having read all the Ostrander, th- this was a pale reflection. And the only reason I wanted to get this is because. There's a classic page with all the different Hawkman standing together, and I thought it would be in this, but it must have been in Zero Hour. So Dave took a swing and missed, that's for sure. This, you know, 
That was, I mean, this week I've been fucking hitting it out of the park. Like, let's not forget The Wizard, you know, and other stuff that I've done this episode. But <laughs> Hawkman Zero was almost a zero. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, look, I'm going to give it a six out of ten because I did enjoy bits of it, but not great. Not great. Not, it was no one's best yeah. day. I, I will give it the zero. You give the zero. That's harsh, man. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not being serious, but also, I mean, it's not worth me fucking rating it. I do not like this Hawkman. Yeah, I'm um, not happy, are you? It, it, it's just, it's just one of the worst Hawkmans. Yeah, um, I'm oh, not, again, I'm not a fan of the. Ostrand is pretty good, man. Hancock whole. I don't mind. I've read it all. Like, listen, f- listen, and this is what again. Yeah, listen, I'm honest, man. Like, I'm not a hypocrite. I love Ostrander. Ostrander is literally one of my favorite writers. Okay, but I don't like his Hawkman. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not saying he's done a poor job. I just Stop don't him. like. I don't like this version of it. I don't like the Thanagarian version. I don't like the yeah. the, the 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 story. I don't like the characters. I think if you had just made this like completely different characters, sure, that are not tied to the Hawkman at all. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I could maybe get behind it a little bit more. Hawk but the fact that this is supposed man. to be kind of like a a reboot retcon kind of thing, and and it's still them. And I'm like, I just I wasn't a fan. I've got a know? question. And it's not for poor writing. I just don't like the concept. I yeah, don't no, like I, the I characters or the concept. I get it. We 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 get it, Rich. You don't like it. Um, I've got a question for you, Richard, and you are the DC, you know, information. Um, in the seventies, let's get, let's go back to my favourite time, the seventies. Um, when they're on the satellite and like he's bickering with fucking uh, who was it, Green Arrow and stuff. Okay, when he's doing all that shit, was there any link to Thanagar then between that Hawkman and Thanagar, or was that all? Like, was there any link at all? You know what I mean between Hawkman and Thanagar, or was that all much later? So, um, no, there was. There wasn't any link to Thanagar in the original Hawkman, obviously, because it was all mystical and Egyptian and all that. But again, uh, Julie Swartz wanted to. He wanted to move away from the magic. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted characters to. be more science based, right? Um, and so he he had them, uh, yeah, be uh, aliens from another planet. Oh, um, which then that, and then it gets a bit murky, and then they and then you get to this kind of retcon reboot where they kind of wanted to redo it, but then actually make them look very different. Mm-hmm. But then, as you see with the zero, then they almost come back to the whole like shirtless, yeah, wings look and the hawk, and it's like this is why Hawkman has become a very mm. um, sort of convoluted character because they keep mixing and matching. Oh yeah, um, uh, stuff and all that. Um, but the original Thanagar, it wasn't like the militant version from this. Mm-hmm. With the armor and all that sort of stuff, they still just kind of had like hawk wings, okay, kind of stuff, and they were still kind of like uh, uh, policemen, if I remember correctly. So, okay, um, but but like Carter Hall in the seventies, you're saying he did have a connection to Thanagar, the guy who argued with Green Arrow. 
or not? Yeah, I'm, yes. Okay. But what connection? Like, you're either from Thanagar or you're not. Like, that's, that's what I don't get. Um, so again, um, um, Thanagar was created in the 60s. It, it was basically when they rebooted um, Hawkman. Mm-hmm. So again, don't forget that they rebooted Hawkman uh, along with you know your Green Lanterns, your Flash, mm. and all that sort of stuff. And basically, they wanted them. They, they wanted Hawk, Hawkman and Hawkgirl to come from uh, a planet. They didn't want them to be uh, reincarnated Egyptian lovers and okay. all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so that was that was created in the Silver Age. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I, you know, I've I've just got some learning to do, man. You know what I mean? I I need to knuckle down. I really want to read this Robert Vendetti stuff, man. Now that I've almost finished Ostrander, I want to read Robert Vendetti's Hawkman. That's my now, next I, I, I could be wrong, and I believe that his name was that, like, Katar Hall. Yeah. But then when they were, like, on Earth, it to become Carter Hall. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so if I remember correctly, I've not read okay. it in a long, long, long time. Because okay. they needed, obviously, secret identities. They weren't. They weren't running around going saying we're from Thanagar, no. kind of shit and all that. Like we're aliens, but that's just what their origin was. All right. Well, thank you for that explanation. I know it's a very confusing character. I just, I just want. Also, I haven't read it in almost like fucking decades, so I'm trying. I'm ampling off a bit of old information. That's okay. That's all right, man. I do that all the time. That's fine. <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ! I've got a fucking killer question for Chuck. All about infiltrating UFO societies. Because that's my next mission, you know? Oh, that, uh, that's a uh, that's funny quote I sent you today. Oh, where it said, good. I used to believe in aliens until the government said they were real. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is actually a good quote. I agree with that. Um, now, we're coming to our trade of the week. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders by Chuck Dixon mm. and Lopez, the artist. Um, wow. Uh, what a shame that, 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 that he got kicked off this title because I was invested and i was also sad to see the artist go on issue 10 um to set this up batman and the outsiders batman was taking a leave of absence from the justice league i think due to some shenanigans that went on um with omac etc and he set up the outsiders it's a real licorice all sorts of a group metamorpho always a favorite of mine my first comic my mother ever got me was batman and the outsiders had metamorpho geoforce Katana, uh, Batgirl, Cassandra Kane, obviously Batman, um, Grace and Amazon, uh, Thunder. Is she related to Black Lightning, Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of his daughters. Okay, and maybe someone else that I'm forgetting. But anyway, Green Arrow, um, really fun action adventure, kind of Black Ops style stuff. I was thoroughly engaged, and I've got to say, when I read this, probably five years ago, I found the art really kind of different to what I was used to. Now I read it, and I think this art is so much better than a lot of the art that I see, you know, for the first nine issues. Mm. I really enjoyed the art. I I don't know what younger me was thinking. I'm like, there's no problems with this art. I don't know. I I thought this was a really solid book. It's a shame that that essentially this is where Chuck, he'd come back to dc uh and did this book and a couple of other things and and then some shenanigans happen i don't know what and and um they they basically essentially i think fired him you know 
<clears throat> I think it was pure workplace politics, nothing else. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was kind of like, man, I, I want more of this. What, what did you think? Um, this is a, it's a mixed bag for me because I think had I not read, if this had not followed the Outsiders when Nightwing yeah. was the leader, because you know me, I've always been more of a Nightwing fan than a Batman switch. fan. And I was really enjoying, in fact, I've got, I think I've got the entire run in floppies of, um, and I do have some of these in floppies, but I have the entire run of the Nightwing, Arsenal, Grace, Thunder, uh, Metamorpho, Indigo, you know, when he kind of, when him and um, Arsenal basically formed their own Outsiders. Yeah. Um, I I really was enjoying that book, and then uh, the, the, the Metamorpho on their team actually turned out to be a clone <laughs> Metamorpho, and Indigo actually turned out to be a traitor. Well, what what period um, is this? Is this, is this 90s or is this 2000s? No, it's 2000s. It's okay. just before this. Okay, right. Uh, so it's just before this because the the characters of Thunder, that man, the the weird looking Metamorpho you're looking at there, where mm. he's got those twirly wheels on him, mm. and uh, you know Grace Thunder and all that. They were that's that's from the the previous okay. one with Nightwing. I see. Right. So while I enjoyed this, mm. I definitely enjoyed the version before this, only because again, you know, I kind of feel like Batman and the Outsiders have had their day. You <laughs> and I quite like because at the same time, remember they're doing the new Titans again, mm. where you know uh, Tim Drake, Superboy, whatever. So kind of the Titans. So I kind of felt like again, this is a good logical step for Nightwing. Sure, like if he's older now, he can leave Titans behind him. That's the younger kids now, and he can you know take over from Batman and be kind of have his own group, a new group, and the Outsiders. And it's it kind of you know it's, it makes a lot more sense. There's a lot of good symmetry to it. It's just one problem, um, Rich. It's called Batman and the Outsiders, my friend. Well, that book was called, but the the other book was just called <laughs> the Outsiders. Know. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I know, I know, no. but because um, the problem for me is Batman's also it's, he's too perfect. Like it's, everything's planned out. You know what I mean? Like strategist, man. It, w- Pure strategy. No, I know, but it's a little less fun when Batman's in charge. He you know is, what I mean? Because yeah, I just feel like he's know. a bit of a know-it-all and mm. nothing really comes as a surprise or he's got a contingency for that. Whereas the other outsiders, it was a bit more like, oh, fuck, what are we doing? Yeah, a bit more. <laughs> you know, those. like, you know, oh, shit, this is fucking up and, and that sort of stuff and all that. So I, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was good to see Katana again. Um uh, uh, oh, it's fantastic to see um, uh, uh, Geoforce. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of nice to kind of see some of the um, some of the lesser lights, the, uh, the, the originals. Who was um, the um, vampire? Who was she? The vampire they went and saw. Uh, that's Looker. I've never seen this character before. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you know what's the best thing in this that I absolutely loved and made me wish that they actually got their own book? Mm. Um, uh, Ralph and Sue. Yes, uh, I thought that was showing cool, up too. as uh, as ghosts and and helping. Yes, yes, uh, Batman. And I then I think to myself, oh my god, they should have done a book of just of them, um, kind of almost like a dead man type thing. Oh, that would have been where they could actually go around solving crimes again, solving mysteries, like, but like dead man stuff. Oh, dude, it, yeah, I agree. No, that was a real surprise to me. I did not see that coming at all. 
Um, I, I, I wasn't even sure who... The, like, I, I, like, stupidly had no idea who they were at all until they said we're fucking sewer enough, did me? And then I was like, oh, that is so good. And I love those characters, uh, Gun Bunny and the guy that um, that Chuck yeah. loves, those guys. that I remember them from Detective Comics and stuff. They're awesome. When I saw those guys show up, I was like, oh, this is a Chuck Dixon book. These guys are great. Up there yeah. on the up there on the on the on the um, building, yeah. I, I the book is really good, and it it, it's a, it's a good book if you've if you've not read like you know any outsiders and stuff. I mean, I um, I'd maybe say start with the the Nightwing one just because it it sets up a lot of this stuff and and some of the newer characters, mm. but definitely a good a good book to read if you never read the original. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders because it's not very heavy on that. They don't make too much reference. No, definitely. Um, oh yeah, you don't to need it, to read so... the eighties. You don't need to read the eighties thing yeah. to get this. Like, I mean, um, he makes it very. You know, I mean, you can see that certain characters have got history and all that sort of stuff, but it doesn't make you feel like oh, just I'm missing something. Yeah, I did go and read three um, volumes, hardcover volumes of Batman and the yeah. Outsiders from the mid eighties. So again, I I did enjoy it. Again, I'm, it probably sounds like I'm not, but I did. No, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. I did, uh, again, I'm not going to lie, and again, maybe it's just because Chuck, maybe he's he's not super used to the, the Grace and mm. Thunder characters, mm. but, God, they were a bit annoying in this. The two of them always fucking, I felt like they were whinging a lot. Like, they were just whining. Well, they were all loved up, man, you know? They were loved that, up. They were just always just, like, whining about, like, Batman's decisions and... Mm. And, and always just hopping on about how it was different. And I mean, like, I get it, but I mean, at the same point, it's also, it, it's fucking Batman. Like, he's, he's not some newbie coming in who's taking over who doesn't know what he's doing. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like, I did like Grant as, as much as I dislike the guy, I would never say he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I, I did like Green Arrow in this. He was pretty good. Green Arrow, I thought, gave it some flavor, you know? Yeah, it was a little bit weird that he was hitting on the, some young girls, though. Like, that was a little bit creepy. Well, I tell you who was also fucking good, Metamorpho. Man, he rocked through this book. I, I, I've, I've always got a lot of time for Metamorpho, and it was great to see mm. him, like, just uh, a slightly different look to normal. I, I felt like I, I took some... Yeah, so there. that's what... I, I wasn't sure if, if there was... A, this is why I say I'm not sure if there was a bit of a miscommunication between DC and Chuck, mm. because that look is the look of the clone. Right. Okay. Um, so okay. So what happened was, if you haven't read the the Nightwing Outsiders, mm. is um, they thought this was a metamorpho, and he was like lost a bit of his memory. He was like, oh, I don't remember, you know, blah blah blah. And it turned out it was actually just a piece of metamorpho that never like sort of rejoined him. That like grew oh, to be right, like independent kind of thing. Yeah. Without too much of his memories, you know, only yeah. bits of his memories. So they thought he had amnesia. And then one day, fucking Metamorpho rocks up like, yeah, I've come for my piece. <laughs> you know, that missing piece of me. And he looks more like the normal Metamorpho, whereas this one had the twirly, right. twirly stuff on and, and stuff and all that. But this in this one, they're talking to him like he is Rex Mason. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they did, they thought that they had updated his look, and so that's how they drew him. Or if they didn't know that it was supposed to be a clone, right? I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Or if maybe he did reabsorb the clone because I think maybe there was for ah maybe there was a thing when they reabsorbed the clone, but then they just decided to draw him like 
Maybe they just decided that's going to be the new look for him. The new Could look, be. yeah. I prefer the the old look, personally. You know, I, I, I really like the art in this book, but I would have preferred Metamorpho looking how he normally looks, you know? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, something that really annoyed me, I actually had to stop because I thought I had missed an issue, mm. um, which I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to... Maybe you can ask Chucky about this. In issue two, mm. I think it's issue two, it ends with Batgirl throwing thunder through the fucking window, <laughs> right? Mm. And then saying, I was invited, like climbing through. Mm. And then the next issue just starts somewhere else, and there's no mention of her kicking the crap out of thunder or, or throwing thunder through the window. Yeah. Like it, just, it picks up like almost days later that I literally thought I had missed a. I thought I'd missed an issue somewhere. Right. I, I'll, I'll have to examine it. I'm not even... Yeah, I can't even really remember what happened. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm it's, looking, it's issue I'm two and three. It. Like, it ends with what looks like it's going to be a fight between she them. She says, yeah, I was invited, and like she's literally got blood on her mouth and stuff, yeah. And then... And then, yeah, next issue, there's, like that's just gone. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, not even... like, But not even a mention of it, or just a, a one-page flashback, or... Or, or just no mention of why, no reason at all. Yeah. They all inside talking. She's out on the balcony. Next one, she comes flying through the window, crashing through the window. Sure. All face bloodied, and Batgirl walks well, through and goes, the, the, I was invited. And I was like, what the f just happened? The next scene uh, is, I, I just reviewed it. The, the next scene starring Thunder is kind of like a bedroom scene with her and Grace, and then the next scene with the three of them, they're on the couch, and Batgirl comes out naked and helps herself to something from the yeah. fridge. Don't you feel like that's like, what happened? I feel like I missed something. Oh, yeah. How did it resolve? Well, I don't know, man. They're just sort of like, you know... No, a... I just wanted to ask him about, like, what happened there. Like, <laughs> is it just that, like... You know, you're like, nah, I don't have time. It's just, it's it was probably, fun. It's probably just economy of storytelling, probably, I would suggest. But um, we can ask you that question, you know. Uh, but no, I, lit I legitimately thought I had missed uh, an issue. Or... Yeah, you, you were looking for a fight, say, between Thunder. But what can Thunder do apart from wine? Has she got any powers? Um, so she can increase her mass. That's it? That's it. Okay, well, maybe it's better that she stays at home. Which, in a sense, does kind of make her super strong. So if you think about it, like, she can increase the mass. That, like, if she lifted her foot and then slapped, you know, slammed it on the ground, yeah. it would literally cause, like, a mini quake or, like, the ground to, like... Yeah, it's okay. Kind of shatter and all but that it's sort also of stuff. So she quite... can increase her mass to the point of, like, no one can lift her. But it's also so. quite similar to what Geoforce can do to people. He's always doing shit. Uh, well, Geoforce can affect other things. She can only affect herself, yeah. I gotta be honest, brutally honest. I think Batman made the right decision to bench her. You know, if that's all she yeah. did, you know. Um, yeah, but again, they want again. They, it was all about like legacy. So they wanted to have uh, like a metamorpho, but not the metamorpho. They wanted you know, they wanted to tie to Black Lightning. You oh, so I mean? this wasn't so, the real metamorpho. I thought it was. No, no, I'm talking about where these characters were introduced. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, gotcha. In the Nightwing one. You know, they wanted to have a feel of it, but not be those characters. So, you know, because, again, the original one was, like, uh, uh, Black Lightning, you know, yeah. Katana, blah, 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 blah. So I, tell I, you I think who's... they just wanted to have, like, legacy characters, so to speak. I tell you who's hilarious. Uh, creator of Black Lightning, Tony Isabella, about how he... Yeah, he's always been a legacy. Oh, dude, he bitches and moans about Batman and the Outsiders, like, 
it's nobody's business. He is a real fucking whiner, that guy. I had to, I had to actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I was, I mean, friends with him on Facebook is a, you know, but like I followed him on Facebook. I had to, I had to actually, like, I never do this. I unfollowed. I was just, I cannot take any more fucking whining from this guy. Like, it's just nonstop, 24-7, bitching and moaning. And I was like, I, I'd hit my limit. You know, I was like, I can't hear him fucking bitch and moan about Black Lightning one more time and, 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 well, and everything else. I well. feel sorry for him. It's his only real claim to fame, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, okay. But, like, I would have thought he'd be happy that his characters in Batman and the Outsiders getting some fucking prominence. But instead, he just pisses and moans about it like it's the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the world. Like, it's just... Yeah. And that's only one thing that guy likes to moan about, you know? And I just... I, I, I just had that moment of truth where I was like, I can't take this anymore. Unfollow. Go away. You know? Um, <laughs> not block, but it's like, don't see anything more from this person kind of thing. Oh, like, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not block, just don't interact. Yeah, yeah. Just unfollow and just... And, like, honestly... The relief my Facebook feed has had ever since I made that decision a few months ago is fantastic. Because, like, every day was something with that guy, you know? And, like, really picking, like, petty squabbles with people. Like, I mean, really petty stuff, you know? You know, the stuff that you're like, I can't believe a professional working in the industry would actually sort of bitch and moan publicly. Like, it was nuts. Here's just a bit of like, I don't know, maybe I just like life wisdom and all that, but I I love like really cool quotes and all that sort of stuff. And this guy was doing like a lecture where he says, if you take an orange, right, Mm. and you squeeze an orange as hard as you can, Mm. what's going to come out is orange juice. Mm. And the reason for that is because that's what's in the orange, orange juice. Mm. So if someone like says something to you or they do something to you and the way that you react is to be petty or nasty or, you know, uh, vindictive or angry or whatever, it's not them that put that in you. If that's what comes out, that's what's in you. Good point. Do you know what I mean? And I think he's just a petty guy. He can complain and say, oh, it's because of this and because of that. But it's like, no, 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 man, you're reacting this way because you are a pet that's what you are petty it's inside you oh. and it's coming out and you're trying to blame it on on outside oh, factors yeah. it's 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 um professional victim as well you know what i mean anyway whatever fuck him like who cares like fuck that guy like but um but like ironically i hilariously i like i like it when black lightning's in the outsiders so he can go suck on a lemon you know um mm. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've always found Black... I've, I love Black Knight's powers because I do like... I like electricity-based powers. Yeah. I think they're cool. But I have always found Black Lightning to be a little bit of a, a, a boring character. Yeah, I mean, a little bit goes a long way. You know? <laughs> goes a very long way. No, yeah, I mean... I'll, 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 yeah. on a team. I'll give you that. I, I think he's the perfect character to have on a team, like your outsiders and all that sort of stuff. But I, I could not and have not ever enjoyed a solo... Oh, I'm not reading solo. Uh, Black Lightning comic, if I'm being honest. Jesus Christ. I'd have to be paid cold hard cash to do that. Um, I'm giving this trade 8 out of 10. I think it's a very solid piece of work. I really enjoy the art, artist. I was sad to see that was the end of the run for Chuck. I think in an alternate universe, he could have easily done 50, 60 issues here. I think he was just really building a nice head of steam. 
Um, he fell victim to worst workplace politics. Luckily, he's gone on and prospered. He's bigger than this one incident, you know? Mm. I'm going to give it a, a, a 7.5. Okay. I'm knocking it down half a point. No. Just because yeah. Chuck made me feel like uh, Dave... When you can't figure out a panel or a story. Oh, yeah, that's true. Normally, you're the guy who solves these kind of problems for Yeah, normally, I'm like, the guy's like, yeah, I got it. I know what they're talking about. And this time, I was like, the fuck? I'm so lost right now. I feel like I've missed something. Yeah, I think it's just cutting space. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of like implied off screen. I do agree with you. It's enjoyable. It's got good art. Um, I... There's one, maybe one or two issues that feel like a little bit of filler, but otherwise it's a very interesting story mm. with the OMAC stuff. Um, I did think maybe the Remax stuff was a little bit silly, but I kind of like that it feels like an updated uh, OMAC type of thing, mm. um, like the, the original character kind of thing and all that. So that's interesting. So, yeah, um, overall, you know, 7.5, but I, I am willing to concede an 8. If yeah. he answers my question, yeah, okay, I, I will ask him that question, Rich, when we talk to him next week. Okay, um, sounds good to me, good. man. Now I want to say thank you to all our listeners. Um, it's deeply appreciated. I remember if you join the Patreon, you can ask multiple questions to guests. We've got um, Chuck coming up. We've got John McRae. We've got Tom uh, Tom DeFalco. I almost called him Todd DeFalco, but his name is Tom DeFalco. Uh, really <laughs> looking forward to him. Uh, also, I uh, um, we're not getting Paul Levitz on the show. I wish we could, but I think it's quite hard to get. But Paul Levitz did a, a Marvel thing called Through the Century or something, or End of the Century. It's I think it's out now, like a five-parter. It's his first ever Marvel work, and I've heard it's quite good. So I wouldn't mind tracking that down and doing that on the show. I think it'd be interesting to get Paul Levitz's take on... It's like an Avengers tale. Um, a five-parter. So... You know, put that in the in the memory banks for at some point. Now, Rich, obviously your choice next week. Mm. What have you got? Anything? Um, uh, so I need to pick a bit of a short one, of course, if you don't mind, because um, I've got some stuff. So I want to do. Um, uh, it's an Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called Superman uh, Dark Side. Cool. Sounds cool. It's basically it's a it's an Elseworlds of what if Superman. Um, uh, ship landed on um... oh, apocalypse. Apocalypse. Wow. Gee, things would be pretty bad for the. Only about, it's only about three issues, but I think it's three slightly oversized issues. That sounds um, good. That's a and, good pitch. Yeah, and it's basically like Metron deviates the the ship to to land on um, uh, apocalypse because he wants to. Uh, he's just curious. Fuck <laughs> you, Metron. <laughs> Metron's such a little bitch. You know, like in that he's, fucking chair. He's, he's like, a, he's a dick. Is he good or bad, or just neutral? He just he's neither. He's he's purely science driven, right? Okay. And 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 you know he you know he'll let a baby starve just because he wants to see what the outcome would be, or how long a baby could last without. You know what I mean? He's like right. he's that sort of person where yes, you might see that, but he's not doing it out of malice. He's just he's just pure fucking curious. Um, psychotic. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that for a long time. I I thought he was a good guy. And then I was like, is he? Because it seems like no. he's evil almost. Like, yeah, okay. No, he kind of plays both sides, but he kind of does it because he's just curious to see 
what would happen or something like that. You know what okay. I mean? Like, that's interesting. All right. Well, that seems like a really interesting comic. So I'm looking forward to to that, Rich. Um, uh, now I do want to say, um, join the Patreon if you can afford it. It's much appreciated. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, yeah, and thank you to all our patrons and all the people who have been asking questions. Um, look, we've got a lot of cool Chuck questions. If you've got any questions for John McRae, who was the artist on Hitman, amongst other stuff, uh, and any questions for Tom DeFalco, get those in because those guys are going to be coming up. They're in the hopper for, you know, not too far away now because time passes very quickly, as as you know, Rich. Time. Mm. Don't I know that. Time after time, man. Well, my knees know it and my hip knows it, that's for sure. Tell you what, <laughs> getting my massage tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody. We're problems of the collective. Um, keep on killing and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. We we gave the we gave the audience a lot that show. Mm-hmm.